And welcome back, everyone. It is episode number 53. Can you believe it? Of Thirst and Goal. I can believe it, Ben. I really can. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Ben? I am great. It is the first week of the playoffs, Frane. First week of 2020. It is amazing. We hung have. out. We hung out a little bit. Yeah, New absolutely. Year's Eve, had a few drinks, posted some pics on Instagram and on Twitter. We were drinking some of the Isle scotches all night, and I think I smelt it the next day. Yeah, definitely tasted it. Coming out of my pores. <laughs> well, I think it was almost all of the Isle scotches that we have in our in our I think the leg of Ulin was the only one that we didn't bring out. Yeah, I know we didn't, and and the, I think the Balmore, but definitely Ben, you had a lot of Ardbeg. Oh yeah, you love the Ardbeg. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of the Ardbeg very young, which is a new offering from Ardbeg. I'd love to see how that tastes. I wonder I if know. it tastes a little bit uh, the same peatiness, the same smokiness, but a little bit cleaner. Maybe <laughs> that's what I'm envisioning in my mind. Uh, Franny, what are you drinking over there tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, I got some Woodford Reserve rye with a little bit of Coke. Um, I was I was drinking a little bit too much Coke lately, so I just added a little bit of your tonic uh, to that. It doesn't taste that great, but uh, you know, less calories is what I'm thinking. Well, it is the holidays, you know, so you got to cut yourself mm-hmm. a little bit of slack around the holidays. Yeah. It's only fair. My to New your Year treaters. resolution: less sugar. I guess. Well, yeah, because that's going to be a hard one to beat because you didn't eat much sugar last year. Uh, and what are you drinking, Ben? I mean, you got a brand new gin. I do. I have a, a new offering from Copper and King's American Brandy Company down in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they actually make a you know a, a, a line of gins. I'm actually drinking the Moons of Juniper Gin. Uh, which is an all-natural spirit, non-chill filtered uh, from Moons of Juniper. They make all, all of the elements of this gin in-house. Nothing is shipped in. Nothing is uh, from outside the distillery, and it's a really, really great gin. This one has a, a, a very robust yeah. juniper flavor. They make three or four other gins uh, down in Louisville, and I'm drinking it with a lime and a little bit of rosemary, and it's it's a really exceptional gin, so check out Copper and Kings. Not a sponsorship, just trying to prove Frane wrong. He says gin is gin, but this well, this American-style gin is really good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're happy with it, Ben. But it seems like every couple of weeks you're, you're switching up your gins. You know, you're, you're killing those bottles pretty quickly. That is true. And we had, well, we had a, a few, uh, some folks over that yeah. uh, helped finish off the bottle of aviation gin, or it's almost finished, the mm-hmm. aviation gin that Frane was nice enough to you're pick up for me a few weeks eager, ago. Eager to get a brand new bottle. Well, I saw it at Total Wine, and I thought, this looks really, really interesting. Uh, and it was, you know, it was moderately priced. I think it was about $36 or something, which pro- Frane probably thinks is like twice as much as you should pay for a gin. <laughs> But it, they have three different, you know, three or four different uh, gin varieties, and they all look really good. So I'm, I'm hoping to sort of find my way through this this line. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe next time I'll try one that's not as the flavor isn't as as intense. 
try to get through one shelf. Yeah, exactly. Of gin. Of gin. <laughs> well, total wine sort of. Go, I mean, it's all out of like. There's no rhyme or reason to. I mean, you should go where some... the more expensive gins are. It's like the top shelf has twenty three dollar gin. The bottom shelf had like sixty dollar gin. So I couldn't quite figure out. Yeah, I mean, it's the bourbons are are sort of lined up from cheapest to you know slightly more expensive, and and uh, the rise sort of as well. Scotches too. I, mean, I guess if you look at the prices. Oh, for sure. And Franny, how was your week this week? It was uh, it was a long one. I mean, you know, uh, waking up on New Year's Day, uh, I was a little tired. We went to bed pretty late. It was after three o'clock when we uh, when we finally um, did put the fire out. Yeah. And, and and actually, we just kind of left it burning, <laughs> <laughs> but it went out on its own. Uh, so it was pretty late. You know, the next day I was pretty tired, and then uh, on Thursday going back to work. That that was a little rough, you know. Still, uh, you know, feeling that uh, not not hungover, just you know, tired. Yes, I concur. Uh, and finally, what are we going to talk about tonight? Tonight, Ben, on the big board. On the big board. We got NFL news as usual. We have some housekeeping. We have our week seventeen recap. I guess we can talk maybe more about the important games that actually made a difference in the playoffs. Um, we have the AFC wild card. I missed uh, most of the first game. Ben, you watched both games uh, for today, and we got a couple of games coming up for tomorrow. We have our shout-outs to our fellow podcasters out there. Uh, NFC wild card division games. going to be a huge one. Me being an Eagles fan and Sonya, who will join us, she is a huge Seahawks fan. I am excited Sanya, not so much for some reason. Uh, we have Ben's betting corner. I don't have any parlays this week, though. Oh, there's four. There's two more games. Yeah, so you got you got at least bets for those games, and that's all we have, really. <laughs> We're going to have to have Franny do his uh, Twilight 2 front, uh, parlay this week. <laughs> and we have our shot of the night. We have our beverage of the night, which is uh, the Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight bourbon and we have our beer of the evening and an organic pilsner and we have some housekeeping to finish up the night all right perfect we're going to take you as franny said we're going to take you through all of the news in the nfl that is noteworthy this week we're going to talk about last week's important games we're going to talk about the playoff games today we're going to get you some awesome drink reviews and we are going to finish up the night with some more interesting interesting topics hopefully as we meander our way through this uh, so first up, Friday, what's first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, NFL news. All right. Black Monday, as they say, oh, yeah. in the NFL. Wasn't as exciting last year. I think we had eight or nine coaches that yeah. went down in flames that first week. Uh, this week we had Freddie Kitchens out in Cleveland, Pat Shermer out in mm-hmm. your division mm-hmm. with the New York Giants. Bruce Allen, the Washington team president, was sent packing. And Browns general manager John Dorsey was fired. We had Ron Rivera hired, unfortunately for him, in Washington, D.C. Uh, Jack Del Rio was brought in as the d- defensive coordinator in D.C., which I found quite interesting. And Doug Marone has been announced that he will be returning to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Franny, what That's do you think about some of those hirings and firings. Well, for Freddie Kitchens, I mean, we talked about this in, pa- in past uh, uh, podcasts. I mean, he should have been fired probably in the middle of the season. You know, I mean, he has got too much talent on that team to finish what six and ten this yeah. year. I mean, you hit your bet. I mean, thank you, you. you, you <laughs> <the> <laughs> thank you, Freddie. Under, under nine, yeah, right? under yeah. nine wins, yeah. under nine. They were definitely under nine wins. Um, but he's he's just not a he's not a good coach. I mean, he's not ready for uh, for prime time uh, just yet. I don't know if he ever will be. I'm not sure if there's a team out there that will you know be looking to hire Freddie Kitchens 
even as a coordinator. I mean, he didn't really prove anything to anybody this year. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield is not the greatest no. quarterback, but he has other talent on that team. Um, you know, the Steelers struggled this year. Cincinnati was pretty bad as well. Um, and, you know, they lost to the Bengals the last uh, game of the season. I I believe they won that first game. They didn't even play. I mean, the Steelers, they, the Steelers a lot, won both those games, right? Yeah, yeah. Against Cincinnati, yeah. We, I think we lost one of those games to Cleveland, but we, both, we won both against Cincinnati. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it was not a great division. I mean, the Ravens are an amazing team, um, but they should have definitely done better this year. 6-10 and 10 is a little embarrassing, especially with all that hype going into this year um, and they just failed miserably and he definitely deserved to get fired and he should have gotten fired in like week six or seven when they noticed that things were going south yeah i mean it's too, i mean in a way i feel for freddie kitchens i mean he's brought into oh come on you feel for terrible, freddie kitchens a terrible situation with it with an owner you know with jimmy haslam the ownership group there they're just they, they don't know which way is up uh but he he obviously was not a very good manager of people as well as not a particularly good play caller he was arguing with people throughout the season apparently everyone sort of in their exit interviews had something to say about freddie kitchens kicking the man when he's down uh, <laughs> but you know beckham had problems with him landry had problems with him and joko had problems with him mayfield had problems with him uh you know notwithstanding his uh you know coming to a one game with a beard at halftime having a fu manchu mustache that's probably not the appropriate term but that's what he had and at the end of the game in his press conference he had the 70s porn stash so you know he did have an eclectic group of people who seemed to be more concerned with things other than football so he was brought into a bad situation and i'm really curious to see who's willing to take on that hot mess in Cleveland because mm-hmm. it, it is a it is, you know, a coach's graveyard. Uh, I mean, Hugh Jackson will probably QB never, graveyard, yeah. coach's graveyard. It's everybody's graveyard over there. Doesn't matter what, what position you play. Once you go to Cleveland, yeah. Apparently, they were interested in Urban Meyer, but now they're not interested. Oh, in Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer would and, be interested in that job. And, and Mike McCarthy is, co- you know, was was interviewed by the Browns. Uh, but I mean, I I don't know who in their right mind, other than someone who really really wants maybe Jason Garrett. A co- yeah, and Jason Garrett, we didn't. He's apparently out in Dallas. Maybe, maybe not yet. They've been having meetings. They've been having multiple meetings, meetings. Multiple, multiple meetings. It seems very interesting what's going on there. They met on Monday. Yeah, it's, nothing it's announced. Really dragging out. Met on Tuesday. Nothing announced. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? But what do you what do you think? I mean, we're going to talk more about you know Pat Shermer. You know, Bruce Bowl, Bruce Allen is uh, terrible. I mean, the Washington Redskins are also yeah, a mess. Another job just like nobody would want Cleveland. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen? You know, with Jason Garrett. I'm not sure if that was in your other news because I didn't read. You know. Past the first page right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jason Garrett coming in. Well, coming I mean, the reality is, I, he, what is he going to do? I mean, I think there may be some type of clause in his contract that calls for some type of a payout, potentially, if he's fired before the contract expires on the 14th. Mm-hmm. I can't explain otherwise why Garrett wouldn't be out earlier so that Jerry as Jones could continue. As the season is over. I think, I think Jerry Jones is overestimating the market for coaches that want to come and coach his team. There was yeah. a time when Dallas... I mean, it was a premier coaching yeah. job. I mean, even Urban Meyer, as, as recently as last year, said that that's the one job in football. If they call you, you have to take it. Not anymore. And I don't think anyone other than maybe Urban Meyer feels that way. Yeah. Because, I mean, 25 years of bad culture, 25 yeah. years of losing, either losing in the first round of the playoffs or missing the playoffs entirely, yeah. 
No Super Bowl appearances. No Super Bowl. I mean, no victories. NFC. No NFC Championship. Yeah, even the Eagles make it to the NFC Championship multiple times within yeah, that time frame. Exactly, Thanks, Ben. But well, the Steelers <laughs> and lost. a couple of Super Bowl appearances as well. Yeah, the Steelers <laughs> lost to Tim Tebow. So I mean, <laughs> throw that in there. Hey, that was the, one of the top 100 yeah. plays on the NFL in, uh, overtime, whatever, in the yeah. past 10 years. Yeah, Dick LeBeau ought to have that plastered on his <laughs> above his bed frame. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I think Garrett. And it's funny. It's funny that Cowboy fans, you know, they're they're sort of celebrating that they lost, you know, to the Red or beat, well, they beat the Redskins, but they basically missed out on the playoffs once again. They think that if they bring another coach in, everything will change all of a sudden, and the the Cowboys will once again be the the organization that they were, you know, twenty five years ago, just by getting rid of Jason Garrett. You bring somebody else in there, there's no telling what's going to happen. I mean, Dak Prescott is still your quarterback. You still have to figure out what's going to happen, you know, with his contract. Amari Cooper, figure that out. I mean, they, they signed Zeke to that, you know, huge contract. The offensive line was good a couple of years ago. It's gone downhill uh, since then. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of questions in Dallas, and it's funny that the delusional fans think that just by changing the quarterback or the coach, you know, everything will change. Yeah, and, and they'll t- become, you know, Perennial, you know, no. Super Bowl. The day they had that press conference, with, sort of team with Jimmy Johnson when he ran Jimmy Johnson out of town, a town, and forced him into retirement or retiring from or resigning from the Cowboys. That was the last day that the Cowboys had any hope. I have two of these such fans in my workplace, and they <laughs> nobody is willing to acknowledge that the problem with the Cowboys is Jerry Jones, not Wade Phillips, not Bill Parcells, not Barry Switzer, not Jason Garrett, Mm -hmm. not any of these coaches that have come in there and tried to build around his obfuscation and his need to be in charge and in front of the media. He believes that he's the New York Yankees when really he's closer to the Cleveland Browns than he is. He talks about family and about bringing people back and keeping them in the organization, all that stuff that... You know, teams like the Yankees do, teams like even the Eagles do, teams that have a culture of inclusion. And I just I think that that's what he believes he has there. Mm-hmm. And really what he has there is a son who is able to keep him from sticking his hand in the fire occasionally. But typically he can't help himself. He'll probably sign Amari Cooper to some giant contract. Mm-hmm. Not worth it. And he'll probably get into this this. You know, protracted, will we franchise tag, will we sign a contract with Dak Prescott in the mm-hmm. offseason? All of this is going to be the type of distraction that he loves because it keeps the Cowboys in the news, but I don't think it's good for the team. They Keep clearly some, need yeah. help on the offensive line. They clearly need some help on the defense, and, you know, Dak can get it done on offense, but they, they need there's holes on that defense that need to be plugged in, mm-hmm. and there's certainly they need receiving receiving threats down the field other than Gallup because I can't I can't imagine he's going to pay Amari Cooper 15 or 16 million dollars a year but maybe he will he might he might I mean that 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 would be too much to pay Amari Cooper I mean I don't know what's going to happen with that contract but it's just funny I mean you know Dallas fans um you know every year they think they're going to the Super Bowl and and you know they have five but it's been a long time since they've made an appearance and you know for anybody that is a Dallas Cowboys fan that is 30 years old or, or you know 33 years old they don't remember the Cowboys being good no watch the you know? film watch the film from from the early 90s I mm-hmm. mean watch that film of how good and how well run that team was under Jimmy Johnson and how well it was run under Troy Aikman even Michael Irvin Deion Sanders um, all of the guys that they had on that team and the defense as well I mean it's just such a well put together team it's a shame that it's become I mean I'm sure you're happy oh I'm excited I love it in your division but as long as Jerry Jones owns that team, 
and continues to delude himself into believing. We have an interesting segment about Jerry coming up. Until he continues to believe that he's smarter than he is, I think they're going to suffer the same fate year after year. Why would someone like a like a an Urban Meyer or yeah. someone of that caliber, allegedly of that caliber, because we don't know what he would do in the pros, um, why would you come and play a backseat to a guy whose biggest accomplishment was digging a hole in the ground and finding oil? <laughs> that was the biggest after two That's, or three failed businesses where hey, he hey. borrowed money. He didn't. This is not. But he you know, found it. But he found is, it. Right, he found it. But this isn't Paul Allen. This isn't someone who act, a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, an entrepreneur. He dug. He found some property. He dug a hole in the ground, and there was oil in the ground. Mm-hmm. That was his accomplishment in life. That's how he's got every dime that he's ever made. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about Pat Shermer? Pat Shermer, another coach yeah, gone in also, your division. Same as Freddie Kitchens. I mean, the, the the division. It's a bad division. I mean, the NFC East. Uh, has been subpar uh, for the last couple of years. I mean, even last year, the year before, is eh, it was it was you know okay, I guess. Um, but with Pat Sherman, same as Freddie Kitchens, uh, he actually got worse this year. I mean, he had five wins last year, four wins this year. Uh, you know, pretty much the same roster. He has a really good running back, uh, a pretty decent. Uh, rookie quarterback. I mean, he should have accomplished more uh, with this team than he has uh, the last couple of years. And you know, to go nine and twenty-six in his first two seasons, that's eh, pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, you got you must be so happy. You got another terrible yeah. ownership group. <laughs> Everybody is in the NFC John, East. John Mara and company with the Giants have. I mean, I, he speaks as if he's a serious man. He is a serious man. But the way that they've run that franchise over the last, you know, ten or fifteen years, even though they've got those two world championships in there, yeah, uh, there's two Super Bowl mm-hmm. victories in there. I, I don't think it's a particularly well-run organization. And David Gettleman is back. I don't know. I mean, I know he's a, a popular punching bag for people. This week, he said he hired a couple of computer folks to work on their analytics, and I think that was actually more of a dig at people who make fun of him for not taking analytics seriously. But you've got Dave Gettleman back uh, for another season there, and I don't know what that, you know, what that says about John Mara's, you know, competence. I mean, I think they probably should move on from their general manager as well. And I think Frane has brought this point up several times. If you're going to let the coach go after a couple seasons, why would you retain the general manager who brought in the players that were not yeah. able to perform under the coach, unless the coach is so objectively awful? Yeah, that it could not possibly have anything to do with the GM. But with with Pat Shermer, I think Pat Shermer will find another job, not as a coach, but as a coordinator. Whereas Freddie Kitchens, you know, he's I don't know if he's ever going to find a job in the NFL. He, I mean, he's he's pretty terrible. I mean, he was he was really bad. Well, Pittsburgh started it. Yeah. He's got that T-shirt in his closet. <laughs> he can play with his daughter all day and night now with that T-shirt on. Uh, what do you? What about uh, so John uh, John Dorsey actually fought the GM over in? In Cleveland, fired as well. Mm-hmm. I think that was mm-hmm. smart. Uh, John Dorsey has been, you know, he's been a pretty competent GM over the years. But I think actually think it was a probably a gift to John Dorsey getting him out from under Jimmy Haslam and that organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you think about Ron Rivera being hired uh, in Washington? I mean, why would he take that job? Uh, I mean, it's a job. He's going to get paid for it. Um, but you know, Dan Snyder, though. Yeah, now Dan Snyder's Happy a Thanksgiving, terrible, everyone terrible owner uh ever since he's taken over the team i mean they've made it to the playoffs i don't know maybe once maybe twice um you know the last time they won the division i believe was in 2014 um 
But I mean, they've been bad under his ownership and and terrible you know, for, in fact. for yeah terrible and 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 ron rivera um, you know he, he might find more success in washington but as an eagles fan i'm not too worried about it because they and, and they're also paying uh alex smith still 16 yeah. million dollars he they wants to come back there's he says no, he wants to come back and, and i'm hey, I, I would love to I see alex he's on smith. your list if you're, I would, <laughs> if you're underachieving quarterbacks that you like he's a good quarterback uh, when 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 he's healthy, he hasn't played the last couple of years, but he's he's a he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, but for Ron Rivera, you know, it's not something that that really worries me. Um, you know, he, I mean, he was a, you know a mediocre coach coach in in Carolina. I mean, he did go to the Super Bowl, but his record was almost at five hundred. I, right. I don't you know it wasn't it wasn't too far above right. five hundred. Um, so I mean, they'll be successful, but you know, they I mean, successful is not saying much by Washington standards by Washington standards because if you have a seven and nine season in Washington that's some success for them yeah and he's trying to get a new stadium built down there yeah when he announced uh, the hiring he said uh, happy Thanksgiving I think that was January 2nd when he said that so I'm not sure why I tend to have a more nefarious (laughs) explanation for that that I won't get into I don't think it was that he made a mistake I think he was trying to make a point there Um, but yeah so he he brought in Ron Rivera, and he also brought in Jack Del Rio as a defensive coordinator. I think that was actually pretty smart. That's pretty good. I mean, Jack Del Rio, he's, he's a, he was he was a pretty, he's had a he lot of success. Coach, yeah. He's uh, been a Super Bowl. I think he was on a he was a, was he the DC in Denver when they won the yeah, Super Bowl? I believe so. I believe so. I mean, he and that was one of the most amazing, just uh-huh. prolific defenses I mean, their defense I've is ever seen. Good right now, you know, Jack Del Rio will elevate their defense, but everything else is sort of a mess right now. Yeah, I mean, especially with Haskins, your entire division is a crap show. What are you going to do with Haskins? You know, I mean, Haskins is a rookie quarterback. I don't think he's going to be very good in the NFL. I don't think so either. What's Ron Rivera going to do? I mean, are they going to go after a new quarterback in the draft? Maybe I think that would be smart for them to look for. I think so. A new quarterback because you know Haskins, I just don't think he has it. Yeah, and I don't think so either. I mean, he only started for one year at Oklahoma, and he didn't look particularly good last year. I mean, Kyler Murray, you know, the offensive line didn't do him any favors. I think he led the league in sacks. But, uh, yeah, Haskins did not impress me at any point during the season. But that, but looking at it through the lens of, that they are, the Washington Redskins, you, it's hard to know whether anyone's any good mm-hmm. on that particular team. But I think that was the – so he made two somewhat smart moves there. We'll see whether it's enough to overcome Dan Snyder's incompetence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what do you think about Doug Marone back that's a, that's a tough with one. the I mean, Jags winning a few games down the stretch? Yeah, they did, did win a few did. games down the stretch there. I mean, their defense is, you know – that's nah, it's it, this year wasn't as good as it was last year the year before uh, but I mean there was there was some issues with you know the quarterback play I mean you know with Nick Foles going down so early um and then you know Minshew coming in I mean there's gonna be some issues there uh I just never liked Doug Marone though I, just, I didn't either I, I mean I, I actually think it's a strange move but you know, he did get them to the NFC or the AFC championship. They're just trying game. to find some continuity. You know, they don't want to fire coaches constantly like the Browns. Browns. Every single year, you bring in a new coach, a new scheme. Seven of them, I think. You know, new coordinators, okay. and and you know that makes it difficult for the players that are there. You yeah. know, and so I mean, with with Jacksonville, I'm not sure if there are any players that want to go there anymore because uh, of the issues. Well, I mean, Ramsey. We'll see. I mean, Ramsey behaved himself in the you know last few games or whatever it was eight or nine games he played with. The Rams this year, but we'll see whether that you know whether he maintains his composure if the Rams actually become a worse team than they were this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did learn something interesting, and I want to I want to see if you have any insight on this. So uh, Tom Coughlin, when he was hired by the Giants, took the ping pong tables and the foosball tables out. 
uh-huh. of the Giants locker room. Ron Rivera just recently, well, the first thing he did was to take the ping pong tables Uh-oh. out of the Washington Redskins locker room. And apparently this is widespread around the NFL. Why ping pong is my question. What is it special about ping pong? Keep your eye on the ball. And, Keep your eye on, if you're a receiver, maybe it's a good thing. And, 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 but it was an interesting comparison because that's exactly like Tom Coughlin took out all the games, ping pong, foosball, whatever they had in there in the, Gi- in the Giants locker room. He took it out. And now Ron Rivera starting to do the same thing. I wonder if he did the same thing in Carolina. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they ever had them, but yeah. apparently every team's got ping pong tables in the locker room. It just seems like an interesting an interesting thing to do. I didn't get the sense that in Washington the issue was that people weren't disciplined. It was just that they were poorly coached, poorly mm-hmm. managed, and, and the team is just generally poorly run. Mm-hmm. But we did have some interviews that took place. Uh, so the Browns interviewed, oh my God, I feel sorry for this guy already, Robert Sala. Hala Sala got interviewed by the uh, Browns yesterday or today. Um, the Giants interviewed Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, which I think was a smart, smart move. Uh, so what do you think about uh, Robert Sala's chances of coaching an NFL franchise or Wink Martindale? Those two guys I actually would potentially hire. Yeah, well, I mean, Robert Sala, I mean, it depends on what the salary would be for him going, you know, uh, to the Browns and becoming the head coach there. It's just that they're finding so much success right now in San Francisco. I mean, do you want to leave that right now and become the head coach of this terrible organization yeah, that loses and has a losing record every single year for the past 20 years or so, if maybe even longer than that? Um, I, I don't think it'd be a smart move for him just yet because other coaching positions will open up in the future where he can sort of take over and manage a team that has a little bit more, I mean, they have talent, but they're sort of head cases. Yeah. And I don't know <laughs> what his, know? and I don't know what his work history is. I mean, he's pretty young Yeah, and hiring him as a head. I mean, that's something that's a, a very Brown thing to do, right? Hire the guy that had one good season with one team as a coordinator. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about uh chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric B He, it's hard to know how much offensive coordinating he actually does behind yeah. Andy Reid there. Yeah, yeah. But I think that would Andy be... Andy Reid is definitely an off- offensive mind. I'd, I'd feel kind of bad for Eric Bannon because it looks like he knows what he's doing. But if he goes to the Browns, <laughs> he may never get another job. But your beloved Cowboys interviewed oh, yeah. Mike McCarthy today. What say you about that? Um, the disciplinarian that he is, allegedly. Well... I'm I'm not sure what to think about that really. I mean, he did find some success. I mean, he had a better quarterback. I mean, he had Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback in in Green Bay. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he he he'd definitely be taking a step down with uh, with Dak Prescott. Um. But even even that team, you know, with the success the success that they found, um, they were not as good as they should. I mean, they could they could have been, um, you know, what the Patriots are with Aaron Rodgers as you know the quarterback. Um. Going to Dallas, I, I also wouldn't be too worried about him going there. You know, just like with Ron Rivera going to the Washington Redskins. You know, that doesn't worry me once whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, my my opinion you about always, Mike McCarthy yeah, you hate Mike McCarthy. is well known. I, I don't think he's particularly bright. I don't think he knows as much about analytics as he thinks he does. Uh, I don't think he understands how to apply analytics in the way that Bill Belichick applies analytics. Uh, I mean, I was impressed to hear this week. I mean, I saw an interesting film breakdown about how he – improved and corrected Aaron Rodgers' mechanics coming out of Cal. and I mean, it was a pretty stark change and stark improvement, which which led me to believe that Aaron Rodgers is not beyond help in terms of taking guidance from someone. But they were not able to build 
a team that was able to get to championship games on a regular basis or even win more than just that one Super Bowl. But there's another interesting interview uh, that took place for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, allegedly, they are interested in Urban Meyer. It didn't take yeah. place yet, but what do you think about them interviewing the ESPN personality and former <laughs> he played, was that, Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. and Utah head coach Urban Meyer. You just never know. I mean, you never know with these college coaches how they will perform you know, in the NFL. Um, you've had a lot of guys that came in and just failed completely. I mean, you know, for the Eagles, for instance, I mean, Chip Kelly came in, had one successful season, the second season. They were they were pretty good, too. Um, but, uh, you know, NFL teams are a lot smarter than uh, than college teams. And, um, you know, I, I mean, maybe he would be a good coach in the NFL, but it, it's really hard to tell. I mean, I, I just don't like retreads in the NFL. So I like the fact that they're looking into something a little different you know somebody with a different approach I agree. than the same old guys that you see year after year going from coordinator to coach to coach to coordinator um so i mean you know you, you find a new sort of i don't know football mind you know maybe it's a, a different sort of game plan you know something different but also not too worried yeah i agree i mean i think that would be the perfect hire for for, I just Jerry, don't think, for Jerry Jones. I, I don't think Urban Meyer would go there because Urban Meyer also said seems to have you have to take that job yeah but he also seems to have a big ego like Jerry Jones, so I don't. I don't think he's going to be uh, taking Jerry Jones too lightly when he when Jerry Jones, you know, is is trying to draft trying to players. control what he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when he's trying to control, but I mean, yeah. but he also is a new coach to the league, so Jerry will have a a, a, a more significant ability to control him and mm. set sort of his destiny. If he if he performs poorly in Dallas as a first you know first time head coach, it could potentially be a detriment to his ability to get future jobs and I think that's exactly what Jerry Jones wants he wants sort of a level of control he brought Switzer in he brought uh, Jimmy Johnson in Uh, I think Bill Parcells was sort of a shot in the dark there Um, but I think he would like to be able to control the person and I know they have they both have giant egos but I think that would be that would be the hire that I would predict if I were if I were going to bet on who would be the next I just don't think Urban Meyer is going to want to go there I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, he, like I said, I mean, it's not. This is not taking the head. You know, the managing job at, with the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. The Dallas Cowboys do not have a chance to win. Uh, what do you think about Josh McDaniels? Always coveted, always the bell of the ball. He's probably going to interview with a whole bunch of different teams this off season. What do you think about Josh McDaniels? Potentially, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go out and try to hire the guy. I mean, who was it? Which team did he snub? Denver. Oh, last year, uh, was it the Packers? I can't remember exactly which team it was, but because it might have he been was the Packers. because he was such a dick, yeah, he was. A I dick. wouldn't go out and, and try to hire him because he took that. Oh, was it Denver? No, he coached with Denver. Yeah, he took that job, and then what? The next day or two days later, like, yeah. he said, "I'm going back to the Patriots." I mean, that's just a dick move right there to accept yeah. the job. I mean, that just shows his character, and I wouldn't even want to deal with a guy like that. Yeah, I don't think it was the Packers. I can't remember who I can't, it was. I can't remember exactly which team it was, but he did. He accepted the position, and yeah. then essentially backed out yeah i think i think it was smart for him I, I think you know he probably should stay an offensive coordinator it seems like he's really really good he's, at it he fell on his face in denver i mean it wasn't a particularly interesting time that he had there in terms <laughs> of winning games he, you know you know he's there with bill belichick the patriots i mean even though they lost tonight they'll be back mm-hmm. and they'll be back whether it's with uh, Stidham, the quarterback from Auburn, or somebody else. But mm-hmm. as long as Bill Belichick continues to coach that team, 
they'll be competitive. And playing on days like today sure beats being involved with a team like the Cleveland Browns, even if you're the head coach. Uh, because I think it just, it just, you know, knowing what you're good at, I think, has some value. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to talk about with the head no. coaches, hirings, firings, and we interviews? That. that was good. Yeah. I mean, last year <laughs> was, I mean, last year was like 10 people. I think or eight or nine people got fired in the first week. Oh. Uh-huh. All right, next up, we have to talk a little bit about the Seahawks game from last Sunday. Oh, yeah. uh, this was terrible. <laughs> this, is, this is from the Seattle Times. No, not again. No freaking way. That's unbelievable. That's unexcusable. And then there's that. Once again, the Seattle Seahawks had the ball with the one, on the one-yard line with victory imminent. Once again, they had Marshawn Lynch at a helmet with a chance to take it home. And once again, mm-hmm. the coaching staff fumbled it away like a world-class klutz. How the hell did that happen? Everything was in place for the fairy tale to come to fruition in that regular season finale. Seattle, Seattle rallied from 12 points down in the fourth quarter and had a chance to take the lead with 22 seconds to go. Russell Wilson led the Seahawks from their own 27, completed an 11-yard pass on fourth down and 10 from the 12 and spiked the ball. And then, Ugh. delay of game. Oh, my God. Why? Because the Seahawks burned two timeouts on consecutive incomplete passes not consecutive timeouts on running plays but on second and third down they called timeouts after incomplete passes uh you have got to be kidding me the only way that's fathomable is as a practical joke no way the coaches brains were capable of that level of flatulence right alas they were and those guys gave the division away uh, we just, as, as Pete Carroll said after the game, we just didn't quite get it communicated with the backs. We were just late. We had just burned the time, and Seattle and Seattle Pete, coach Pete Carroll, uh, whose team lost the 49ers 26-21, to 21, says we just didn't get it done. We didn't function cleanly. Uh, and apparently he went on to say that essentially, you know, either some players thought that there was an injury timeout when Fant went down on the turf after the ball was spiked or they just they just were not in the right frame of mind but they clearly fucked that up royally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what do you think about that just disastrous I mean, I mean, you're on course of events you get the ball to the 1 yard line and he says we just didn't quite get it communicated i mean you're on the 1 this is not the first time that you're on the 1 yard line and you should have run it with marshawn lynch marshawn lynch came back for a reason to finish business yeah and that you're at the, the 1 business. yard line that was the business. you know exactly what you're going to do that's it. You're going to run the ball. And the fact that they got a delay of game penalty, I don't know how that happens. It is mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, that they had that P.I. later in the drive. Yeah, I mean, it right should have been yeah. called. It should have been called, but it should have never gotten to that point where you're you know, begging the referees to bail you out. You get it to the one-yard line, you run the damn ball four times. That's it. Yeah, and there was just no excuse for it. I mean, no excuse. I mean, watching the Bills game, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, Running out of time, the Bills had, uh, there was a replay challenge, or there was a replay review of whether or not the Bills had picked up a first down in the game today. And what does Sean McDermott do? He takes his field goal unit and puts it on the field, <laughs> just in case it's not a first down. So they can get out there, they can kick the field goal and tie the game. And what does he do when it turns out that it is a first down? 
and the time would have been running out on the clock, he sends the punter in there to spike the ball. He's prepared for the both of the fucking potential outcomes. Mm-hmm. So the kicker is still in the game. The punter walks up to the line of scrimmage and spikes the ball, and they, ha- they have the time to run another play. How Pete Carroll can't organize his fucking team yeah, in these situations. I don't get it. I mean, he's been in the, in the league long enough. He's a good enough coach to communicate this kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, you spike the ball. You, I mean, it's it's your home turf. You know where the clocks are. Yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, Bill Belichick constantly talking to the ref. Why didn't you just ask the ref? I mean, is is there an injury timeout or not? Yeah. And if there's not, then you have forty seconds to run a fucking play. Yep. Yep. I, it's just it's mind boggling to be pushed back to the six. Uh huh. And then what do they do? They what they throw the ball three times in a row, mm-hmm. and and they get the pass interference call that wasn't. Yeah. I mean, uh, from it was what they were on the eleven yard line. So you have four attempts there. You get the first down, and you have. To, I mean, it's like seven attempts, eight attempts that you have within eleven yards to score a touchdown, and you just can't do it. And every pass went into the end zone except for the one that needed to go into the yeah, end zone. Exactly, exactly. It was, it was, but it might be a blessing in disguise for the Seahawks because at that point, this is what I was trying to tell Sonia. <laughs> uh, at that point, the best they could do is get the third seed and play Minnesota at home. They would be at home, but they haven't been at good this year at home. So. By losing this game, they're not the third seed. They're the fifth seed. They play the Eagles, and the Eagles are a banged-up team just like they are. Um, you know, the Eagles, I think the Seahawks, just because of the way they're matched up, it is probably the best matchup that the Eagles could have, but for the Seahawks, it's the same thing. I mean, the Seahawks have a really good chance to beat the Eagles. The The Vikings themselves are fairly healthy. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you're going to say something about that, Ben. But uh, no, I think it might be a blessing in disguise that they lost this game. They take on the Eagles. They have a good chance to beat the Eagles. And, uh, you know, eventually they will have to face the 49ers again. And going forward, they are one of the few teams that I think have a good chance to play the Niners in the playoffs. Yeah, because they would have had a home game against Minnesota. Yeah, it would have been against Minnesota, but... You know, I mean, at home they've lost how many this year? Uh, three home games. One on the one on the road. They lost three on the road. Or three three at home on the ro- uh, at home. One on the road. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're uh, they're not they're not too shabby on the road. So they shouldn't be too worried about flying out east and and you know taking on a banged up Eagles team. All right, we have a do a special announcement here. Sonia has Sonya's joined here. the show. Do you have anything to add about the end of the Seahawks game last week? Yeah, me yeah, and, and, we have, and, me and we're going to talk about the replay that didn't take place uh, right after this. <laughs> now that you're here, I wasn't going to skip over it, but now I can't. We're running a little long, so I was going to skip over that. Yeah, go ahead and skip over. All right. Well, it should have been pass interference. Should have been called. It should have never gotten to that point if there was no delay of game and they just would have ran the ball. I don't. I don't know. Happened afterwards. Afterwards, and yeah. Al Riveron said they looked at it in New York and just didn't see enough evidence to overturn the call. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious. It's just a bald face lie. Yeah. Just to review it. Yeah. That's what I get for calling the game and saying that was a Yeah, you're you're positive, Sonia. For once. For once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's a heartbreaker. But Sonia, like I said. You might have a better chance against the Eagles. Then. But that storybook moment, Lynch from the one, man, I to know. win the game. and, I, and get, I mean, I it, know. he was running on. To, I, mean, it, I mean, it didn't help that he had his beanie on until right. And, you know, he it, might before, get another chance. He might get another chance. So I, I don't know, Fran. I think, I think uh, the 
the Eagles, they win where when it counts. And well, talk about the Super Bowl. You guys beat the Patriots. That's been a few years removed. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, trust me, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna we, we're we gonna do to our total wins that. challenge. We all picked uh, the total number of wins we thought that teams would have before the season, in the middle of the season, and at the end of the season, all against all against Vegas spreads, and at the end of the season against the actual teams. We've added it up twice already. Did you calculate yet? Uh, no, I didn't calculate it yet. Uh-huh. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna do that probably. Maybe next week when we have less to talk about in terms of the actual games from the week before. Um, but we're going to do that. Yeah, we all sort of picked uh, where we thought teams would end up. And uh, we'll see how Sonia's Browns winning 12 games holds yeah. up this next week coming up. It was up there. It was 13. It was up there. I think you had like the Bengals at nine or something. All right. Next up. Adam Gase. We're just we love this ridiculous coach news this week. So asked Monday if Le'Veon Bell will remain the Jets 2020 starter at running back. Head coach Adam Gase replied, Ask Joe Douglas tomorrow. According to Manish Meta of the New York Daily News, he essentially said, I'm not the personnel guy. Talk to the general manager. Uh, Gase's open antagonism to his high-dollar running back has been close to unprecedented, although Gase did give Bell the requisite work this season. The 27-year-old averaged 16 carries and 21 touches a game. The coach has taken every opportunity to make it clear he was not in favor of Bell signing by ex-GM Mike McCagnan. Gase made a big show of throwing Bell under the bus when he was ruled out in his Week 14 start after he went bowling. Bell, of course, had a miserable year running behind the Jets' horrendous offensive line, averaging a career-worst 3.2 yards per carry. What do you think about Joe Douglas getting blamed for the fact that Le'Veon Bell is forced to play with Adam Gase? I mean, it's just ridiculous. He's one of the best running backs in the league. It's your fault that you can't figure out how to use this guy. Yeah, well, I mean, He I'm- had six years in, in, in Pittsburgh that he ran the ball... Really, really well. It's I, not you. It's me. I seriously didn't watch that many Jets games this year, so I'm, I'm not sure how, how good the offensive line Terrible. really is. Terrible. Um, so I mean, what, what's his contract? I mean, how, how long did they sign him for over there? Uh, I mean, it, it was it was it was what, it was a five years? year forty five yeah. million dollar contract. It's I think a five year fifty five like million. Yeah, thirty five million guaranteed. I think. Yeah, I think he's about nineteen million in dead money if they dump him. Yeah, this coming. I mean, you've got to keep the guy on your team, obviously. Sonny, yeah, any anything to add about Adam Gase madness? No, well, yeah, not much to say about that. I mean, that's pretty interesting. But yeah, was, I just can't believe. I mean, I just don't understand why you would be openly feuding with your general manager and the one of the best running backs in the league. Well, I don't know why. When they, you're why a, they you hired were, when, when Adam Gase in the first when, place. When, when Ryan Tannehill just won a playoff game, the guy that you couldn't get off the yeah, scrap right. heap in Miami, and you act like you're not the problem over yep, there. Yep. All right, we have our feel good story of the week. We're trying to have a feel good. Story. You should have some lead-in music. Every, for this yeah, I, I tried to find some, but I was too into the Bills game today. Uh, so every, so every good story. 
We're trying to That's do it. every couple of weeks. We're trying to do a, a story that isn't so negative, but that is you know that where we're we that negative, where man. we can we're not feel. Negative. I'm negative sometimes where we can feel good. So former Pittsburgh Steelers and Carolina Panthers running back D'Angelo Williams is committed to fighting breast cancer in honor of his mother Sandra Hill, who died from the disease in 2014. Williams started covering the cost of mammogram screenings for women in 2015 through the D'Angelo Williams Foundation. He began the free screening program 53 Strong for Sandra as a tribute to his mother after she died at the age of 53. The former NFL player has also lost four ants to breast cancer. Since 2015, Williams Foundation has paid for over 500 mammograms in Pittsburgh, Memphis, Charlotte, and Jonesboro, Arkansas. Williams hopes to branch out to eventually pay for mammograms in all 50 states. To be able to help all these women is amazing, Williams said. This case can be or this can be life-changing for these women, Williams said in a statement. We are enabling them to get this this care. No one should be ever denied or have access or not have access to. Williams was also part of the initiative in 2009 to encourage the NFL to let players wear pink cleats in October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. He played for the NFL for 11 years, including nine seasons with the Panthers, who selected him to the first round in the first round of the 2006 draft. Williams spent the final two seasons of his professional career with the Steelers, tallied 8,096 rushing yards and 61 touchdowns in his career. Anyone have anything to say with Williams doing some really, really good things for women in depressed areas of the country, offering free paid mammogram screenings and follow-up appointments. I, I think it's fabulous. I think that others should follow his lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are making a lot of money. They are. I have to look into the Jerry Jones Foundation. I wonder what they're <laughs> doing. <laughs> yeah, so this is, I think Sonia may be new to this. We're trying to find stories that, like, yeah, like we had uh, stories about people paying off, you know, uh, kids' lunch debt or school lunch debt. Uh, and a there was that Walmart or was it Kmart or Walmart? Yeah, yeah, there was a Walmart. Florida. Paid off all the layaway items. Yeah, yep. We had a story in Harrisburg, Virginia last week, a former outside tackle for, I think he actually plays for the C, or there was a long snapper. Oh, no, he was an outside tackle uh, who's trying to revitalize some of the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area. Um, oh, and so. Ben, Ben, you did something good this week. I did? What did I do? You paid for a piñata. Oh, that's true. I paid for a piñata. I was waiting in line uh, at at a supermarket, and I did pay for someone's piñata when it didn't appear that they had enough money to pay for it. That was actually on New Year's Eve day, I think. It was on New Year's Eve, yeah. Uh, So we did have a couple more NFL news stories that we'll skip for this week, so Sonia will be very happy to hear that. We'll do it Well, we just talked about Jerry Jones already. Yeah, we talked about... That was next up on the docket, but we already talked a little bit about Jerry Jones and his huge ego and what a terrible owner he is. And, uh, a terrible human being as well. Uh, oh, Garrett, well, uh, essentially, I mean, all the news stories are that he's not. I'm pretty sure he'll be out of town yeah. soon. But I mean, the story is essentially about how Jerry Jones borrowed money. F- I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. He's probably testing the waters right now and see who he can actually hire there. Like who's going to actually take a job in Dallas with him as the owner. Yeah, Nobody wants it. But yeah, he's a, he's a very interesting. Uh, he failed at just about everything he ever tried until he bought some land in Oklahoma and struck oil. Uh, wasn't able to do anything successful in his life since then, other than buy the Dallas Cowboys with the money that he made <laughs> from digging a hole in the ground. Yeah, right. Um, he, he borrowed money from the Teamsters twice and failed at both of those businesses. But it's just to point out that he's not as smart as he thinks he is, and he's not 
as accomplished as he thinks he is. And money doesn't always equal intelligence or the ability to actually make sound decisions. That's true. Yeah. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we got some housekeeping. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening to our show. We are humbled that you like our show and encourage you to share our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, with your friends, relatives, anyone you also think would like the show. You can all listen and subscribe for free by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, CastBox. CastBox. Google Podcast, Overcast, Stitcher, or just about any other podcatcher out there. Please leave us a review. We would love it if you would leave a five-star review, as Franny would say. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to leave feedback or ask a question to be answered on the show, email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com or call us at 818-350-2680 and leave us a voicemail. Please be aware we may use your message on the show. You can also follow us on Franny's amazing Twitter or Instagram oh, account. Not at, as great as your Twitter, Ben. At Thurstand. And on my Twitter account, at Goal Thirst. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our week 17 recap. All right, we'll be right back to talk about some of the games that actually mattered in week 17. All right, and we are back with our Week 17 recap. Ben, can you believe it? I can't believe the it. The season is over. We've already had I'm a couple going of home. playoff games today already. But uh, let's recap Week 17. Let's do it. What's first up? First up, Ben. Let me get to that real quick. Was it the Packers and the Vikings? It probably is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, well, the Packers, that's right, they were the Monday night game, the Packers yeah, yeah. and the Vikings, the Packers winning that pretty easily, 23-10. Yep. to 10. Got bailed out by the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Packers played, Packers played the Vikings on that Monday night game, uh, but in the Sunday night games, we had the Packers and the Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packers beating up on the Lions 23-20. to 20. That was a lot closer than I expected it would be. I'm sure everybody expected uh, the Packers just to blow them out. Um, but, yeah, it came right down to the end. I mean, it was, I think it was a game-winning drive by A.A. Ron Rodgers. Beautiful drive, in fact. The best quarterback in the league. It was a nice <laughs> drive. I, I have to give it... No, I was just kidding. Though. That was, I was just I was I was gonna see Ben's reaction when I said that. I mean, it all. was a nice drive. Yeah. I mean, Matt Patricia definitely the defense let him down. Uh, David Blow had a pretty good game, <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers, you know, some some pinpoint passes down the stretch there that put him over the hump with almost no time to go in the game, uh, ensuring that the Packers would get a first round bye if the Seattle Seahawks were unable to beat the San mm. Francisco 49ers. Next up. A surprising result, actually. The Jets and the Bills, the Jets winning 13-6. to But actually, the Bills yeah. really didn't have anything to lose. I mean, they solidified their position in the playoffs. So, I mean, they, they did uh, start their backups, but um, still. Yeah, Matt Barkley gets a little bit of a start there yeah. with two big picks in the game. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at that. He's good at oh, that. Even when he God. was with the Eagles. I forgot he was with that yeah. team. Uh, next up, Patriots at, or Dolphins at Patriots. Oh, this was a shocking result. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See the it, Patriots lose two weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, and and it really cost them tonight. Yes, it did. And here's a little audio from that game. Fitzpatrick throwing over the middle, touchdown! Mike Gesicki, 
Yeah, that was the That's, touchdown at the end of the game. I thought there was going to be more. But that, there was was some, some, that was some terrible audio yeah. there. Apologies well, not, for that. No, that there was no crowd noise because there was yeah. like three people in the stadium. <laughs> Nobody expected Miami to actually you know, beat the Patriots. Um, but no, yeah, exactly. And I, I think they took them too lightly. I, I, you know, they probably expected just to waltz into the playoffs as uh, what they'd be a number one or number number two seed, actually. Yeah, they would have been a number two seed. If they and they would have had the, the bye. That didn't happen. And we'll talk more about tonight's result. But that was a pretty shock. Tom Brady, 16-29, 221 yards, two touchdowns, and one huge interception. But as I said last week, uh-huh. the Dolphins are the Patriots' kryptonite. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, it's funny. That is that is that is hilarious, Ben, because you were about to choose Miami when we were making our picks. I'm like, you can't, you can't possibly. I know. I was going to choose them. And you can't Friday, possibly talk me out of it. choose Miami to win this game. But, but, he, but he talked me out of it. By at least once, maybe. Yeah, you're right, Sonia. Yeah, they, they always seem to go one and one against the Patriots. But usually the Patriots lose the game in Miami, so Friday, talk me out of it. I, but, um, I mean, it's just, it's it's inexplicable. I mean, how do you lose? I mean, okay, the, uh, the Eagles lost to them. But, I mean, that's that's sort of expected after the season that they had. But my, but the Patriots lose to Miami? At home. At home. I know. That's that's crazy. At and it's the reason they played today. Uh, but, you know, who knows? They probably Sucks for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, they would. They would actually. Would they? Yeah, they would have had a bye. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't only that they would have had a home game like Seattle. It would have yeah. been that they would have actually had a bye week. Yeah. this week. That's what I just said. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I'm repeating. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, twenty-eight of forty-one, three hundred twenty yards, and count it one touchdown in the game. But Ryan Fitzpatrick also. Ran for a touchdown in this game. Mike Gusecki with a touchdown MVP. in the game. And Eric MVP. Eric Rowe with a pick six of Tom uh, Brady in yeah. that game. And he was a former Patriots player, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm sure he loved that. Yeah. The last four no, of the last uh, eight playoff losses came Brady's against. Brady's not hurt, Sonia. He's old. <laughs> yeah, Sonia's, a, Sonia's a out of the closet Patriots fan now. can't actually see us. He glared at me. No. I'm just saying, you get those extra pains when you wake up in the morning. You know, your back is a little sore. He's older. He's getting older. Uh, he got knocked down a couple times. He doesn't like that. Uh, no. no. He's like Kyler Murray. He's like, you're not allowed to hit me. Yeah, Giselle's like yelling from her box. I can't do a good Giselle accent, though. No. Yeah. I would think, yeah. All right, Friday, what's next up? Next up, Bam, we got the Bears and the Vikings. The Bears 21, Vikings 19. Yeah, the Bears get a win here uh, in a meaningless game for the Vikings. But something interesting did come out of this game, Friday. 21 to 19 Bears. The, the Bears and Matt Nagy, as well as the general manager and ownership group, have announced that Mike Mitchell Trubisky is going to be their starting quarterback next year. They are not yeah. going to I'm go sure out. they will draft a quarterback. They're, they're going to draft a quarterback in the draft this year. and Yeah, yeah. Well, they're right in that meaty, meaty part of the of the draft. Though. They're at 8-8. Eight and eight. They're not going to be high enough. I think it would be somewhere in the middle there, but I'm sure you can get a, a decent quarterback, uh, you know. Well, guys, well yeah, <laughs> this I mean, year they you, will. <laughs> if you have a court, I mean, if you have a quarterback, then you're going to take a defensive end or an offensive lineman at that point, maybe a receiver or a running back. But I'd, I'd be interested to see how that goes. But they are 100 percent behind uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, uh, this will be his fourth. Do you think he's going into his fourth year? I believe so. I believe he's going into his fourth. Uh, I believe so. Right, right around there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
But, you know, you have to support your quarterback, regardless of whether what you're going to change your mind or not. Yeah. But publicly, you should always support your quarterback. So there's no no way of knowing how serious this is. Uh, what's next up, Franny? Yeah, and also in that game, I mean, the Vikings, oh. they sort of solidified their position. So, I mean, they, they were, yeah. you know, playing with backups uh, the entire game. And uh, next up, Ben, we have the Chargers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs winning 31-21. And that was a meaningful game yeah. uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, they played all of their starters, and uh, it was a slow start for them, but they ended up winning 31-21, and they locked up a bye for themselves. And the fact that they played all their starters against the Chargers. Yeah, they had, yeah. I mean, to, they had to win that game to lock up a bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes, who's playing well at the right time, uh, 16 of 25 for 174 yards, one count it, one touchdown, and subtract it. One interception, but Damian Williams, 124 yards on 12 carries, 10.3 yards a carry, another two like a, huge like a dog whistle. touchdown. <laughs> uh, Demarcus Rob, Robinson with a touchdown, and Tyron Matthew with a pick six in that game, or an interception in that game, I, my, I apologize. Uh, Darren or Daniel Sorensen with a pick as well, uh, but Patrick, or not Patrick Mahomes, Phillip Rivers in his potential last game ever with... The Los Angeles Chargers, 31 of 46 for 281 yards. Count him. Two touchdowns and subtract also two interceptions. But he was very sad after the game in his press conference. What do you guys think about Phillip Rivers potentially never playing a game for the Bolts ever again? Um, I think it's – yeah, I know, right? They've been talking about that. What an but, idiotic rumor that is. Yeah. You know, get rid of this old guy and bring in an even bring older a, guy. Bring in a guy that's even there. less competent. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, Philip Rivers is not as good as Tom Brady. Or Tom Brady is not as oh, good as... Okay, Ben. Uh, yeah, I've got to reverse that. Yeah, Philip Rivers is not as good as Tom Brady. Not as good as Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I, mis- I misspoke. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody has turned off the podcast like, this guy doesn't know what he's... He doesn't know what he's talking about. But I would not, yeah. Tom Brady is not going to San Diego... Or to Tampa Bay, or to any of these, or Denver, or any of these other teams. That, no, well, Denver no. doesn't need a quarterback, but he's not going to any of these teams. He's not going to Detroit. Yeah, but I, I think the Chargers do need a fresh start. I mean, Rivers has been there long enough. Um, you know, I mean, he's been in in earlier in his career. He was he was in in quite a few big playoff games, but um, you know, I, th- I think it's time for a fresh start. You know, draft a new quarterback, get somebody in there, and start anew. Agreed. What's next up? But not Brady. Not Brady. <laughs> Ben, this is a game. You, lo- you love the results. This is a game that happened. Of this game. The Bengals beating the oh, lowly this Browns. This awesome. 33-23. Yeah, I t- actually had talked my brother. In the, I was in the parking lot somewhere talking to my brother last week, and I said, put your money down on Cincinnati. The Browns are a complete crap show. They can't wait to get home. They can't wait to get out of there. They're going to put up a giant stinker against the worst team in the league and lose. And what do you know? The Bengals win 33-23. to uh, another quarterback that has probably p- played his last game for his home team, Andy Dalton, 16 of 28 for 190 yards, and count it, one touchdown and subtract it, one interception. Andy Dalton probably played his last game for Cincinnati, but Baker Mayfield with another amazing game, 12 of 27 for count them, <laughs> three TDs on 279 yards and three interceptions in the game, a complete Crap show in Cleveland. Lose to the Bengals. Give the Bengals their second win of the season. They didn't even need to win this game. No, but they locked in. They were already locked in. Their first pick, yeah. So they decided to finally come out and play. 
But that was, I mean, this was this was a sneaky good bet to make right it here was, because it the, was. the Bengals, the, you called the, it last the week. The Browns could not wait to get the hell out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. those players can't. Freddie Kitchens is, uh, yeah, not a very popular man. But what do you guys think about uh, the end of the Andy Dalton era in Cincinnati? I think he's still good enough to play there. I don't. I don't think they should get rid of Andy Dalton. I mean, it, it's really tough to find a, a good quarterback in this league, and he has been good. It's just they've been mismanaged. So, I, I, if they get rid of him, I, that's not a good idea for them. I agree. I mean, maybe the Chargers could have Cousins, Alex Smith, and Andy <laughs> Dalton all on the same team for you. Then, when you could, whatever week you go, we could go down to the brand new stadium next year. We, we, we could watch one of those guys play. And take off one jersey, put on the other jersey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe they play like they alternate quarters or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Friday. What's next up? Alex Smith's not a bad yeah, quarterback. Yeah, see, I told you he loves he's all not, these guys. He's not, he's, not, he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He's, he's good. 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 He's good. He's good. Well, that's kind of a low blow. <laughs> it could be the, the man's been to three Super Bowls. Right. And he's been hurt every he won two of them. <laughs> uh, no, he actually has a pretty good. He has a pretty strong track record of yeah. being healthy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. Next up. The Saints and the Panthers, the Saints firing on all cylinders, winning yeah. easily 42-10. to 10. The Panthers, they're just struggling. They've been struggling. I think they lost how many straight? Uh, six, seven, eight? Yeah. I don't even know, but they're, they're, they didn't finish up the season very good. No, I mean, they lost a whole bunch of games. I mean, it's actually, I think this is the game that the Seahawks, the Seahawks actually bailed out the Sanford, or the New Orleans Saints and gave the New Orleans Saints a bye as a result. No, the Saints have a bye. They're playing tomorrow against Minnesota. Oh, that's right. They needed, oh, they needed, they needed <laughs> yeah, you yeah. guys to win to yeah. end up with a bye. So even at 13 and three, they got to go and play Minnesota tomorrow, or they uh-huh. get Minnesota at home tomorrow. They needed you guys to, to win that game from the one yard line. With three plays to go. <laughs> That's because that low blow, Sonia. It's not like you have a running back. Uh, but Drew Brees, 19 of 30 for 253 yards and three, count them, three touchdowns in this game. To I don't know why he was in the game for so long, though. You know, statistics, baby. Statistics, baby. Uh, they love keeping him in the they game. They had to win very early in that game. They did not need to put him in any sort of harm. No, I mean, but it, it was uh, the end, maybe the end of the Kyle Allen era over there. Uh, 25 of 41 for 295 and one interception. Will Greer, one of eight, one of eight, one of eight for four yards and one interception <laughs> for the West Virginia product. Is that a, a zero QB, QBR? Right I'm not even, is it negative? Do they have negative it, ratings? That should be a negative. Yeah, like where you actually, the next drive, you have to start from the, the from the bleachers <laughs> at the other end of the end zone. You got to, you got to line up at row eight <laughs> to get above <laughs> to negative. To get above it. What's next, Friday? Uh, next up, the Falcons and the Bucks. Without even looking at the stats, I'm sure Jameis Winston had three interceptions. Oh, this was awesome. <laughs> this is awesome during the game and after the game. Uh, Jameis Winston, 13 of 24 for 201 yards. Count them, two touchdowns, and subtract two interceptions again, giving him 30 interceptions on the uh, season. He was 30 for 30 this year. He was, th- was going to be on an episode of 30 <laughs> and 30. Uh, you know, for the Falcons, poor Matt Ryan finishes up another, you know, underachieving year for the team, not for him, but for the team, 30 of 51 for 313 yards and count it one touchdown in a game that's closer than it probably should have been. But after the game, 
Jameis Winston essentially said he's the best quarterback in the league. He's balling, and if anyone can't see it, they're crazy. And as soon as he's able in his sixth year to figure out how to not throw interceptions, he'll be the best quarterback in the league. Y'all aren't paying attention. It was, a, it was the most obnoxious press conference I've ever seen from a guy who straight out sucks. <laughs> He, you can't throw 30 interceptions and, and say anything good about your year, no matter if I don't care if he threw for 7,000 yards. <laughs> there is no way you could throw 30 interceptions, Especially with the win receivers. seven games, and then talk about how you deserve a huge contract and you're the best quarterback in the league if you could just stop, you know, all my legs would be intact if I could just stop falling off the roof. <laughs> if I could just stop fucking falling on my, off the roof out of the concrete, I'd be perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean, and especially with Evans and Godwin as your receivers, and oh you're throwing that many God. receptions, it's pretty crazy. And I mean, a good defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the this is the. I mean, I can't believe that Arians can stand to be in the same room with this clown <laughs> after defending him earlier in the year when he, when people were talking shit about his interceptions. And Arian kept you know two or three games in a row where he went out to the press and said they weren't his fault. It was you know the 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 receiver wasn't where they were supposed to be. It was just bad luck. Thirty interceptions and thirty touchdowns. I mean, that is just. And to get on a press conference and brag about how good you are, you know, anybody can throw for 5,000 yards if you don't give a shit where you're throwing the ball. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers could probably throw for 7,000 yards if he was willing to throw 35 interceptions. Sorry. That's the end All of my right, rant. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, that, that ran longer than expected. <laughs> We're going to talk about the important games, but I guess Ben wants to continue <laughs> to talk about that one. <laughs> uh, just so, I mean, I would cut him as fast and, as I could. Anybody pop- else want to add anything? No, no. <laughs> His fifth year, get him the hell out of there. Send him, send him to Cincinnati. Arians, you're too good for that guy. Next up, have we have we moved on? Yeah, we have. Okay, yeah, we're good. Next we're good. up, the Jags and the Colts, a game that was not very important except to the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even they ended up losing. To yeah, Denver exactly. Anyway, yeah. exactly. But 38-20, Jags win. Anything you want to add, Ben? No, I'm good. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna this make... Minshew guy. I'm going to take my Do you want to grow your stash that big? It weighs you down. It throws off your equilibrium. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to take my cue from you guys and be quiet. No, no, you don't have to be quiet. No, you don't have to be quiet, Ben. Ooh, next, next up, up the Eagles winning yeah. and solidifying their spot yes. in the playoffs. Yes. It took 17 weeks, but they did it beating... The Giants, thirty-four to seventeen. Yes, they did, and this is a win and in for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Yes. yes. Carson Wentz, twenty-three of forty for two hundred eighty-nine yards, and count it, one touchdown. Boston effing Scott for three touchdowns on fifty-four carries. The amazing Boston Scott filling in for injured running back Miles Sanders. What an amazing game. Friday, what do you think about this game? I mean, I was worried about this game last week, um, but, you know, they, they, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. I mean, the final score, 34-17. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, it was, I mean, it was early I mean, until the fourth it quarter. It, it was, was actually closer than that. It, it, was, yeah. it was a lot closer than that. I mean, it was that huge sack uh, fumble that they oh, picked up, you know, awesome. basically at the two-yard line, ran that in for the score, stopped the Giants on the next drive, scored once again. Um, so I mean, I, I was worried. I was sweating 
for about three quarters there, but they did pull it off because I was watching the other game as well. I mean, the Cowboys, they blew out the Redskins. We'll talk about that as well. So I was watching that one and this one. Jerry Jones was also watching this game, and when the Eagles ran it in, he just turned around and said, oh, shit, (laughs) we're done. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, that was awesome. We do have a little audio from the postgame. Are the NFC East champions? We get to hey, and we get to host the playoff game next weekend. I told you guys, you guys talked about it all week. We set out on a journey a long time ago to be sitting here standing in anybody's locker room, maybe ours, maybe a visiting team, playing for this game, playing for the NFC East championship. And you look back on our season, all the highs and lows and everything, and the feeling that we have right now standing in this locker room, well worth it, right? Yeah. Huh? Well worth it. What you guys have battled to put yourself through against good opponents, against good NFC East opponents, all season long. Uh, well, they're not very good. You guys have battled through thick, thin, all the adversity that anybody can throw at you, you faced it and you tackled it, and we're standing here as NFC East champs. Man. All right, Franny, what do you think? Sorry about the sound. The sound quality is a little off yeah, tonight. It's, it's, I apologize. A little low, a little low. But, I mean, he, he always has a good post-game speech, whether they win or they lose. I mean, thankfully they won this game, and they're on their way to play the Seahawks. And, uh, no, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm happy that the Eagles are in and the Cowboys are out. And even if we lose tomorrow. Oh, is that why you're so happy? Because you don't you don't care as much about the game as the fact that the fucking Cowboys are out? The fucking Cowboys are not in the playoffs. He's been playoffs. in such a good mood ever since. <laughs> I'm like freaking out over here. But I mean, I let, let's, uh, let's. I'm just happy. I mean, it took 17 weeks. I'm going to take a shot right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you can I, pour me why, one for all the horrible things I said about the Browns. That's that's why you know I, I got the Jim Beam fire uh, off this the is, other counter right there. Because I knew I was going to say something negative about the Cowboys, but this I, is a big deal. I mean, I, I mean, I know that a lot of teams are making fun of the Eagles. You know, they wouldn't <clears throat> excuse me, they wouldn't be in the playoffs if they didn't play in the NFC East, which is obviously true. Uh, with nine wins, scraping their way in, but they won their division. They have more injuries again this year than I can possibly even recount. I mean, and, and they had. Um, who went down? Who's the linebacker that went down this past week? Oh, uh, Brandon Brad, Brooks. Brandon Brooks, Brooks, Brooks went Lane down. Johnson is Lane Johnson out. I mean, you know, all Howard the receivers are gone. All the re- literally all three of the starting receivers. I mean, Darby went out. Are That's out. not a Darby huge loss. Darby went out. I mean, but, injury after injury after injury. I mean, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Peters was out for part of a game. Yeah, I mean, Ertz didn't even play Ertz last week. Ertz was out. Ertz got a you know lacerated kidney and a broken rib. And Sproles is out. Yeah. And I mean, the the amount of injuries that they. I mean, had, Carson Wentz. He's come up big these last four weeks. I mean, all the guys on the team, all the practice squad guys, all the bench guys, um, you know, they played, you know, with heart. They played with passion. Uh, they were motivated. Uh, Peterson had them ready to go. Um, and and they did not make the same mistakes that they made earlier in the year with starting slow. Every game, it seemed like they were trying to claw their way back into the game. But they just went out there. And you know they just drove down the field, and most of the most of the games start off well, and uh, that was huge. They weren't playing from behind, in in uh, well they, against the Giants they were. <laughs> they had to win that one. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just excited. I mean, and that's that's why the entire week 
Just send you guys text messages. It is playoff week. It is wild card weekend because it took 17 weeks to finally get here. And I'm excited, win or lose. I'm proud of these guys. I'm proud of this team and all the shit that I talked earlier in the season. I am sorry. But, you know, <laughs> Greg Ward and Dallas Goddard and uh, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders stepping up big, making, I mean, he carried us for like three games. It was number 26 grabbing the ball and running it down the field, running down the throats of the defenders. Man. I mean, win or lose, that's why I'm so excited to see these guys in the playoffs and the fucking Dallas Cowboys are sitting at home and watching the Eagles play tomorrow. And to all the Dallas Cowboys fans out there writing on social media, oh, we're happy that we lost. We're happy we're not in the playoffs. We'll enjoy sitting at home and watching the Eagles play tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, this is amazing. All right, and fuck the Browns. (laughs) Jimmy Haslam, sell the team. (laughs) Uh, uh, Jimmy Haslam's like the person you go out to dinner with who cannot make up their mind good. on what to order, and then at the end of the day, they order whatever you do. <laughs> but listen to this. Al- uh, Nelson Aguilar, out. Brandon Brooks, IR. Corey Clement, IR. Ronald Darby, IR. Zach Ertz, questionable for the game with a lacerated kidney. Rudy Ford, IR. Camille Grieg, Grieg Hill, out. Grugier. Uh, Grugier Hill. <laughs> Deshaun Hall, out. De- Deshaun so- Jackson, IR. Ma- Malik Jackson, IR. Alshon Jeffrey, IR. Lane Johnson, out of the game. Uh, Jordan Maliata, IR. Joe Osman, IR. Hassan Ridgeway, IR. Darren Sproles, IR. And retired. Well, and he's retired. <laughs> but, I mean, no. the, the amount of injuries that you guys have suffered from the starting roster is really, really something else. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what Peterson has done to finish up the season. I mean, it's almost like the Seattle Seahawks. No. <laughs> Nothing well, your injury report is longer, but most of these guys never played a game. Um <laughs> But you guys, you guys have a similar situation over there. Um, so, Franny, what's the next game up? Next up, we got the Rams and the Cardinals. The Rams winning thirty-one twenty-four, a meaningless game. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> There's not much to say about this game. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, the next up, next up, though, Ben is your Pittsburgh Steelers losing a must-win game, but it didn't really matter no, in the end because Tennessee, Tennessee won. It really mattered the week before against the Jets. Um, but the Ravens winning 28-10, to RG3 taking the reins, and he, he was pretty decent. He actually played pretty well. I mean, he was acting as if he had won a playoff game, but I don't blame him after not seeing any starting action. Mm-hmm. For a significant period of time, but he was 11 for 21 for 96 yards, so maybe lower to histrionics or the first downs a little bit when you don't even crack 100 as the only guy that started in a game. Uh, but, yeah, again, the Steelers lost a game. They had to win. They played like shit. Again, the best, the bright side was that Delvin Hodges did not have an interception in this game. 9 of 25 for 95 yards, just being edged out by RG3 with 96 yards in the game. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. with a pretty good game. But, again, the Steelers... Lost in their season, yeah. Uh, and I just wanted to give uh, fans of the Steelers out there a little bit of uh, what do you guys think about the Steelers' season? Generally? I mean, it was, before it was I go tough. on my I mean, diatribe, they, how bad they, they started zero and three. Um, you know, the middle stretch that they had right there, they had they were on what a three or four game yep. winning streak they there. Were I mean, like, they, they were, were like eight and one. They were uh, seven and five at, at, at one point before you know losing um, the last what three games of the season. Uh, but I mean, it was it was. We knew it was going to be a tough season once Roethlisberger went out, and then Mason Rudolph didn't really pan out. 
Devlin Hodges went in, looked good for a game or two. You got a jersey. Uh, it's out the dry <laughs> cleaners, baby. You were excited about it. And, uh, you know, I was also. I mean, it, it seemed like Devlin Hodges might sort of be the answer, but then he took a nosedive. Started throwing interception. He still he still might be a successful quarterback, but you know the the Steelers will have to find somebody else in the draft. Uh, maybe RG three pick up RG three. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater. You know, yeah, if, if, if they'll let know, him go, if they'll let him go. I mean, he he had a lot of success this year uh, in uh, in New Orleans. Uh, but I mean, it was it was sad. I mean, that, that's why I'm so happy that the Eagles are in because it's not something that you know the the playoffs. There's there's only twelve teams that make it. You know, six in each conference. So it's I'm excited, but I feel bad for Ben at the same time because we were so high on the Steelers, you know, in the middle of the season there when they were sort of making their run. Um, but you know, we all knew that it was going to be difficult to make it to the playoffs with some of the injuries because, you know, um, what's your running back's name there? The starting running back for the Steelers also had some injury issues this year. You had Snell, and you also had um, James Conner. Yeah, James Conner. Yeah. So you had Snell and and what's his face also running the ball. They didn't do a great job running the ball. Um, you know the receiving core was okay. Juju Smith Schuster didn't have a great season um, with Ben Roethlisberger. Without Ben Roethlisberger, he just didn't look the same as he did last season. Um, the defense, though, the defense is the one bright spot. The most takeaways this year in the league, I yep. believe. Um, so they played great. Uh, I'm sure the Steelers will be back next year with Roethlisberger. Um, not sure how the receiving core is going to look, though. Uh, maybe pick up a running back in the draft. But I think the Steelers in the division, you know, the Browns, hmm, there's no telling how they're good they're going to be. The Bengals will still struggle I know how next good year. They're be. The not Ravens good. will be good yeah. next year. But, yeah. uh, I mean, it's sad. I mean, you know, it sucks. I wanted the Steelers to make the playoffs. Me too. And I figured out the audio at least. Playoffs? Don't talk about <laughs> Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. That was the Steelers' motto during the stretch of the season. <laughs> but for yeah. everybody out there that that's positive, I'm tired of listening to these Steeler podcasts where people are all positive. All you know, and I guess it's better than <clears throat> listening to a Patriots what podcast. To a feel good story. Well, that's a feel good story. But I guess it's better than listening to a Patriots podcast or a doubt like where everybody's negative, negative, negative all the time. But the Steelers do have. Some significant problems. They've got 23 free agents on the roster, Bud Dupree being one of them, who they're probably going to have to franchise tag. Mike Tomlin said this week that he's a top priority. This is uh, Bud Dupree, who had an amazing year finally in his fifth year, which always makes me nervous when you're in a contract year and you finally have your breakout year. But they have 23 free agents on the team, including uh, Vance McDonald, who's their tight end. They've got some offensive line Issues along with Ruben uh, Ruben Foster, who's been with the team for a significant period of time, but they are going to have some issues in free agency and retaining people. Uh, the offensive line this year, for all of the talk about how good they were, they actually ranked 30th in the league in run blocking this year, which might have contributed to James Conner's injuries. But the fact of the matter is James Conner is made of glass. He cannot finish a season. He cannot finish... A game, for that matter. He's been hurt in both of the last two seasons, uh, and it looks like this is going to be a continuing problem going forward. Uh, They've got significant issues with free agency on defense and people being a year older on defense. Danny Smith, the special teams coordinator, is a fucking hot mess. Uh, They finally started using Deontay Johnson to return kicks only because Barry Switzer, two steps in a cloud of dirt on the ground because the man is incapable of not getting tackled by his own shadow. They finally 
decided to have someone else returning kick. Danny Smith has got to go. Randy Feekner, probably the least creative offensive coordinator in the history of the NFL. He has also got to go, but he's going to be back because Ben Roethlisberger uh, loves him. So if for some reason Roethlisberger gets hurt next year, you know, Feekner, we're going to be stuck with him again. Roethlisberger is going to be a year old. He's going to be 39 years old next year. So we are hoping and praying that he will be decent. Again, as Franny mentioned, we might have some issues at wide receiver. Juju can't get out of his own head. Made the, I mean, I, it wasn't his fault that we didn't make the playoffs, but he dropped and fumbled that, or he fumbled that ball against the Saints last year. This year, he had two opportunities to make big plays, both of which he did not make, uh, although he was hurt coming down the stretch. Um, you know, and next year in the draft, we've got a, we, we don't have a first round pick or a third round pick. We've got picks 49, 114, 117, 179, and 210. We have no first or third round draft picks and as I said last week they've got to trade away as many picks as they need from next year or the year after that to get Justin Herbert out of Oregon they're going to need a quarterback so as much as it pains me to say I'm not particularly optimistic about the Steelers season going next year unless Ben Roethlisberger can have just a lights out season we have got issues it's I don't think it's I don't think it's fair or it makes a lot of sense to assume that the defense is going to play the way that they did this year. If that were true, the Niners' defense would continue would have continued the year after they were amazing, and the Denver defense would have continued to be amazing the year after or two years after they were amazing. I think we had lightning in a bottle. We had a great defense this year, and we just didn't take advantage of it. We just have a quarterback, though, this year. We didn't, but who's to say the defense is going to play that? I mean, T.J. Watt goes I mean, down. Even, even if the defense is not as good, but if they could still be a top-10 defense— you know the Steelers can still find some success if 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 Roethlisberger can come back and still throw for four or five thousand yards. But it really just depends on that receiving core. If you guys can get you know a, a, another, or if Juju Smith can elevate his play yeah. to the way he was the year before and not this year. All right. And there's no Antonio Brown. Yes, that's true. Although he did say this week <laughs> after he brought his entourage down to the Saints and the Saints and they essentially told him rejected him. They out said, of hand. "Don't bring your entourage. Said, Don't bring your entourage." He said that the Saints work. This is Sean Payton's. Everyone knows that Sean Payton loves to get on TMZ. He just loves to be out there in the media. Sean Payton's always out there talking and doing stuff to get himself on TV. Uh, he said it was a publicity stunt by the New Orleans Saints bringing him down there as a way to generate media interest in the Saints. <laughs> That's why they brought him down there in the first place. This man is incapable of contrition. It's just outside of his ability I mean, why would Sean Payton bring you down there as a publicity stunt for yeah. the team that everyone's talking about? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Friday, what's the next game? Sonia's, Sonia's got her headphones off. She's like, stop talking. Next next game, next game, Ben. And you seem pretty negative about the Steelers. I'm surprised because uh, I'm, 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 I'm quite positive. I'm sure a lot of Steelers I'm realistic. fans are. I'm realistic. Well, I would, uh, you're negative. And after uh, watching the playoffs today, <laughs> it's depressing. It's a, Well, that's, that's why I feel bad. I mean... One of our teams, Sonia, the Eagles or the Seahawks, will go on to the divisional round, and we'll see what happens. I'm excited. You're excited, sort of. And the Bills lost. But Ben, I know our adopted team lost. And uh, next up, Titans and Texans. Uh, the Titans needed to win this game. It was a win-and-in game. They won easily. The Texans played no starters in this game, and uh, it was 35-14 at the end. <clears throat> No surprise. Yeah, no surprise. I mean, that was another reason I'm I'm a little bit down on the Steelers. I mean, they 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 had an opportunity to show that they were together, working as a group, and could beat the Ravens without their starters, and they couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. 
All right, Franny, what's next up? <laughs> I'm so sad. It's coming out now. Ben was okay. Ben, ben was okay before the podcast. He's like, yo, this feels kind of good, you know, watching. Uh, well, it does feel uh, good to not have any yeah, like, you're not, you don't, anxiety. You're not worried. But I'm, I, don't have, I have absolutely no anxiety I, But why, though? Right I've never now. seen you like this. You're I, like, I'm just happy that Normally the Eagles, you're all pissed off. Or- because the Eagles... No, 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 no. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I'm just happy that the Eagles. But you're smiling are from ear to ear right now. I'm, I'm How is that? Why? I don't I'm understand. I'm happy that they made it in with the players that they had. I mean, that that just makes look me at him. proud. Look at him. That just makes he can't me help proud. himself. It's involuntary. And, and he should be. He should be. I, I yeah. Think he too. Yeah. I mean, he played with nothing. There's yeah. But so did you guys. You had no. You have no running backs. Half you. You had. You yeah. had. Russell, I mean, Russell he had Wilson. Carson Wentz. Yeah, but Russell Wilson is an elite. Level quarterback. Clowney was down and Brown. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just happy. I'm just happy that the Eagles are in. That's the only thing I wanted was them to make the make the playoffs, and they did. Stop, Sonia's tapping on her proverbial watch and kick the Cowboys. Kick the Cowboys out. Next up, the Raiders in a must-win game. They needed five more things to go right. Most of them went wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, On their way to Vegas. they ended up losing a must-win game, sixteen fifteen to the Broncos. The Broncos actually they played well uh, down the stretch with uh, with Drew Lock uh, in this game. Uh, Drew Lock seventeen of twenty eight. Yeah, for one seventy seven. Count it one touchdown, and they've announced. John Elway and all of his inherent wisdom <laughs> has announced that Drew Lock will be the starting quarterback next year and he is optimistic about his future yeah no flacco no flacco no more flacco no No, there should have been flacco should have been no more flacco five years ago he should have walked off when he won the super bowl and just ran just gone off after that he got a huge contract bought a ranch and you know got some horses or something next up congratulations to the dallas cowboys in winning It was a must-win game for the Dallas Cowboys, but unfortunately for them, the Eagles also won, kicking you out of the playoffs, 47-16. They blew out the Redskins, but it doesn't matter at all. But Prescott had a good game, 303 yards, 23 of 33 for four. Uh, Count them. Good job. Four touchdowns. Congratulations there. Uh, And Jerry Jones, after the game, did his best Bob Dylan impersonation. (laughs) said the times, they are a-changing. He said he's going to change things. He's Wait, say that one more the time. Times they are a changing. That's pretty good. That's pretty he good. He said he's gonna do. He said he said I'm all about change, which is obviously that, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hasn't changed anything for ten years. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's very disappointed. He used all the words that he knows. He has about six words that are more than three syllables that he has in his vocabulary, and he used them all. Uh, after this game, he ran up to the plastic surgery. His eye was a little <laughs> just was twitching a little bit. During his post-game press conference. It was leaking. Um, it was leaking a little bit. There was a little leakage coming out of his fake eye there. Yeah. Uh, the assistant, like, with the, <laughs> put a little with dabbing, the swab. Dabbing. Jerry, you look, I swear you look 40. I you swear. Little, you got a little bit of oil coming yeah. out. Uh, but, yeah, he was. He went on one of his diatribes about how I love everybody, and now let me tell you how terrible they are. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he says the times are changing in, in Dallas. So we'll see what that means. Yeah. Uh, but Jason Garrett is widely, according to Trent Dilfer, widely known for his expertise of winning a playoff game in a Super Bowl that anybody, even myself, could have played quarterback in because the defense was that good, uh, said that everybody in the NFL who knows football is interested in hiring Jason Garrett. <laughs> he literally said that yeah. everybody respects him. And the final game on the docket. Oh. 
Sunday night, the Niners and the Seahawks. We did Ooh, talk a little bit so about this game. Is here. Hollister was what, maybe half a foot away. He was from one Julio Jones away game, but it should never have come to that play. It should have been on the one yard line, and your boy Skittles running it in from the one yard line. Marshawn was back for one reason, and that was it. Tell me how awesome it was when you saw Marshawn leap over that huge... Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. And just bowl over all those guys. Yeah, but he could have done it one more time. I know, I know. And he was supposed to. Poor Lynch. Wait, you mean this? First and goal. Lynch. Yeah. But what I don't understand also about that game, everybody in the stadium... All Seattle Seahawks fans were excited to see Marshawn Lynch play, and they start the game without him in the backfield. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge mistake. I mean, you see him trot out onto the field for that first play of the game, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, not yeah. even there. He what are you thinking? There. Even if you're not going to run the ball, even if you are going to run the ball, just put him in the game. It just excites that 12th man. That's what the Seahawks yeah. are known for. And they just didn't do it. I they didn't. I mean, take they had advantage. Brian Bosworth raise the flag. Yeah, exactly. They got um, all the old school Seahawks. Yeah. Hasselbeck was there on this. No, yeah. he was, I'm not sure if he well, was. He probably, he maybe nah, he's off somewhere doing some television yeah. spot or something. <laughs> but how do you not do that? How do you not? Yeah, run I don't disagree. Marshawn Lynch, and I texted you. I'm like, how the fuck is he not out on the yeah. field? Yeah, I mean, he should have been on the field right in the beginning of the uh. game. Should have got the first carry of the game. And that's it. And then send him back to the sideline until you actually plan to use him. Yeah. No, he looked, he actually, he, but he well, looked better than I thought he was going to look. He actually looked really good. I mean, he looked good. I mean, he didn't have an impressive game. He had that one touchdown. Uh, I think he had 34, 34 total yards, but 12 carries, 34 yards. Yeah. But, but still, one huge, I mean, but the TD, I mean, he, he had some get, hops on that TD. Yeah, he did. But just to get the crowd. Into the game. I mean, fired up. The crowd I'm into like that game. Just to get the crowd fired up. I agree. That would have been a great beginning to that game. But I mean, this is just. I mean, it's a very. I mean, they're a very frustrating team to watch. I mean, it's. Yeah. it's it, 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 I mean, watching Sean McDermott today. I know they botched the time management a little bit in the first half, but watching how organized they were there going into that last sequence at the end of the game. I mean, I just don't understand how you're not prepared. With multiple plays for multiple, sen- I mean, there really are only a finite number of outcomes. When you're on right? one yard so line, so how do you not have a plan for each of those particular outcomes? Yeah, I mean, it just seems mind-boggling yeah. to me. And, but I, but I also said on Twitter this week, I think this is a function of Pete Carroll. I mean, you can be miserable and play for the Patriots and have everything planned down to the bare minutia, the the tiny little details of everything, and be miserable. Bare minutia. Or you can have fun. I like that. You can have fun. <laughs> Like Pete Carroll and, and value human beings and try to have fun and keep the game a little bit light, but as a consequence of that, you're not always going to be prepared for those situations. Eight uh, from eleven yards out, and then from two. Yeah, it was like yards, Josh Allen throwing out, a ball over the place today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looked. Okay. I mean, he was 25 for 40 for 233 yards and two, count him, two touchdowns. Uh, but he looked great down the stretch of that game. Yeah. Not as much in the early yeah, the portion. The first half, game. if they played, yeah, yeah they, 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 they were terrible in the first half. If only they played the first half like they did the second, might be a different outcome. But they always, I mean, the Seahawks always have to make it close. They always have to make it close. 
Yeah, but this wasn't uh, close. They should have won that game. Yeah, they they could have. Yeah. Won yeah. The Super Bowl. We should have won yeah. the last 20 <laughs> games. I mean, come on. Yeah, but you saw it today. Even Vrabel. I mean, even Vrabel made a couple mistakes at the end of the game because he's yeah. trying to outsmart tr- Bill Belichick. Yeah, exactly. Just fucking play, play your game. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter who's on the other side. of. The, I mean, they. Yeah, I, I just don't. I mean, I, and. It's frustrating. It's just really it's frustrating. Just frustrating. Like, just. Why do you not have a plan? For what's going to happen after you? How do you not know how many seconds you have after you yeah. spike the ball? I just don't understand it. Making millions of dollars, but Travis yeah. Homer. I mean, another another strange another. But I mean, he he did have a great game. Ten carries, sixty-two yards, six point two average. But yeah. why was CJ Procise in the game at all this season? If you had this guy yeah. on your roster, because um, Procise has been absolute straight trash since he got drafted a year and a half or two years ago, mm-hmm. and you had Travis Homer. Either way, I mean, if you had Precisely. this guy on your roster, probably should have went with him. And they didn't. Uh, Michael Turner didn't get a start. He didn't get a. He didn't get a carry in this game. Or Michael yeah, Turbin, Turbin didn't Turbin, get yeah. a carry. Well, you saw uh, Lynch on the sideline with uh, Homer, right? Yeah, but he's talking him up. He's giving. Him, I mean, Lynch. I'm glad. I'm so glad that Lynch was able to play out his career, and I'm so glad he's able. And it'll be. I mean, regardless yeah, of who wins the game tomorrow. Right. I mean, I'm really glad that Lynch was because he was such a pariah early in his career with Buffalo, and even when he, I mean, he was just so sort of looked down upon by a lot of people in the league and a lot of fans, and, and to see him sort of finally thrive and have people understand what a really good person he is and how interesting he is, I think it, it's really come. It, it's nice to see that because he was such he was berated when he first got in the league, mm-hmm. and even when he wanted to get out of Buffalo because they were terrible and he didn't want to be there anymore, he was just. He was treated like a pariah, and I and I think it's really nice to see him, you know, t- treated the way he's finally deserves. Mm-hmm. But Sonia, what say you about uh, the rest of that game? All right. But Metcalf, DK Metcalf with a touchdown. Tyler Lockett with a touchdown. Yeah, DK Metcalf this season, he's had almost a thousand yards, right? I mean, he's like nine hundred and some. Yeah, I mean, there's that too. But I mean, for a rookie, um, and and you know the issues that you know he had uh, with running routes. But I mean, he he's he's looked really good for the Seahawks this year, and you know he's going to continue that next year. But he, he that that was a good pickup. And why the fuck did you wait so long? Why yeah, that's but that's what I was sort of trying to get at with my tweet is like this. Bill Belichick's never going to do that. Like he might not even know who you are. You he might walk by you. He might walk off. by. He might walk walk by a guy that started on the offensive line for four years in the parking lot, and not know who the hell he even is. Um, because there's stories wait, 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 about wait. Bill Belichick not saying hello you? to people, do, you, you know, on, for for you on weeks on end. <laughs> Um, and that's the price you pay. Is it's not going to always be that Peterson discipline. And Carol, and they call Peterson football dad, <laughs> and they call Carol weird. <laughs> well, he is kind of a weird dude. They, they said, look at his Twitter account, who he follows. Look at the music that he likes, and then um, he also follows his own. <laughs> how many um, pieces of gum does this Pete Carroll chew? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's but he's an interesting dude. I mean, he ma- he doesn't manage every little tiny element of the game. I mean, Mike Tomlin is well, he's not Mike Tomlin's not fun, but he also doesn't really get knee deep into what's happening in the game. He allows you know one year you throw the ball fifty times a game, next year you throw the ball twenty times a game. He doesn't seem to care one way or the other what happens. Um, but Pete Carroll, I think is I just think if you're going to lose and you make it to the playoffs, I'd rather be doing it 
for Pete Carroll than for Bill Belichick. No. Well, day in and day yeah. out. But I, I think it's probably more more fun to go to work in Seattle than it is to go to work in Foxborough, is my guess. Yeah, it is. It is. But they have more trophies in Foxborough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. I mean, maybe some, maybe more like a Bill Walsh type of character where it's not quite as hardcore as Bill Belichick, but still gets the job done. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny, is that all the games? Or Those no? are all the games for week 17. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our AFC wildcard recap. Oh, AFC, the playoffs are here, baby. We'll be right back. All right, so the playoffs started today. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch the first game, the Bills and the Texans. Stupid job. <laughs> <laughs> I know the job gets in the way. So I wasn't able to watch that game, Ben. The Bills losing to the Texans 22-19. to I just watched a little bit of that game, but I'm sure you have a pretty good recap for us. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a really exciting game to watch. Josh Allen 24 of 46 for 264 yards. No touchdowns in the game and zero interceptions as well. John Brown threw a Philly-Philly type pass. <laughs> to Josh Allen for a touchdown in the first quarter, which was actually probably, uh, for all intents and purposes, the highlight of the game uh, for them. Uh, I mean, I... Well, here's that highlight at well, least. Here, let, let me give you a little, at least one. The Bills can go out on this. Second and six now. End around. John Brown is going to look to pass. Looking for Allen, and he's got it! Touchdown Bills on a trick play to start things off. And that's when I thought the Bills had a chance in this game. Uh, they scored a touchdown and two field goals in the first half. They led the, at that point, they, they led the game 13 to nothing. Uh, Houston came back, scored a touchdown, and got the two point conversion in the third quarter. And another, another 11 points in the fourth and three in OT, winning the game 19 or 22 to 19. Houston, uh, I just. I can't help but think that Josh Allen, he's just not that good. He gives you these flashes mm-hmm. of competence, these flashes of brilliance, a beautiful run in the first quarter of this game. I think it was like a 40-yard run that got them down into position to score that initial touchdown. Beautiful, beautiful run. A couple really solid passes in the game. But he just, his accuracy is so, so bad. He was 24 of 46, damn near 50% passing in this game. And I, and I know a lot. there were a lot more empty sets than there should have been. Frank Gore was on the field far more often than he should have been. Frank Gore had eight carries in the game, some of these near the end of the, second, the first half and in the fourth quarter, which he should not have been on the field. Too many empty sets for the Bills, throwing the ball first down, second down, third down. You know, the defense played pretty well, I would say, all things considered. Leslie Frazier, you know, everyone knows, you know, he plays that cover two, a pretty safe cover two, doesn't like the blitz. He didn't blitz very much this year, about 31% overall this year, which was up from last year. I think last year was about 25 26% in terms of their blitz percentage. He brought some really creative blitz in the late in the fourth quarter, which worked. Uh, unfortunately, the one play where Watson beat him in overtime was a blitz with that Watson was able to get out of the clutches of maybe that's um, why he didn't do it too often of the linebacker. But the, he needs to bliss more because in this game Watson was able 
to survey the field far, far too well and was yeah. able to get outside the pocket and run far, far too often. Watson was 20 of 25 for 247 yards and count it one touchdown, but he also carried the ball 14 times for 55 yards because there wasn't a presence on the edge on the on the Bills defense to keep him inside that pocket. He was not playing as Bill Parcells would call the Super Bowl defense where you're forcing everything to the inside. And you're not letting that quarterback get there out on the edges so he can get down the field. Uh, you know, Watson played really well. Hopkins played really well. They, you know, Fuller didn't play in the game, which I mm-hmm. thought was something that would lean to the Bills' favor, but they were able. Uh, Duke Johnson had a couple really nice plays. Uh, Carlos Hyde carried the ball pretty well. I mean, nothing spectacular, but he carried the ball pretty well. Hopkins did not have a touchdown, but he ended up with 90 yards, most of those in the second half of the game. Hopkins was, I don't even know if he had a catch in the first half of the game. But, I mean, it came really down to, you know, I think that both teams were pretty well coached. It just came down to talent, and there was just more talent on the Texans roster than there was on the Bills roster, especially in the receiving court. John Brown had a pretty good game, uh, but Josh Allen, with his inaccuracy, was just not able. He was not able to find the targets, especially in the second half. He was overthrowing, underthrowing, just wasn't in the correct you know, he wasn't in the correct position to make some of the throws. And at, and at the end of the, I mean, to take the, and at the the fourth quarter when they were when they were driving down to kick the field goal to score, which they could have ultimately scored a touchdown on that drive, he took a horrific uh, sack, which turned out to be uh, an intentional grounding call because he chucked the ball out just as he was getting tackled. And on, and on fourth down, he took a sack as well. They were lucky enough to get the ball back after, go, after holding the Texans in check late in the fourth quarter. They were able to drive down and get that uh, field goal to tie the game. But that fourth down, or that third down to take a sack, it was just, uh, it's just unforgivable. And then on fourth and whatever it was, fourth and 15, he takes another sack and ends up at, or uh, third, and, third and 15, third and 16, takes another sack and ends up at fourth and 27. So it, it just, I just don't think Josh Allen is very good. Mm-hmm. And, and you've made that pretty clear for, well, for quite a few weeks now, you said that Josh Allen is is not the answer at quarterback for the Bills. You know, going forward, I think next year you, you sort of have to stick with Josh Allen. It might be a good idea to just draft a quarterback, um, you know, right behind him, just just in case. Uh, maybe bring you know Ryan Fitzpatrick back to the Bills just in case you do need him. <laughs> but, I mean, but the defense. I mean, it's a shame. It's almost like the Steelers. I mean, they yeah, wasted that yeah. defense. I mean, that defense. I mean, for most of the game, without yeah. blitzing, they had that. They had Deshaun Watson locked they, uh, down. They, they need a better running back. I mean, their defense is 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 solid. Singletary I mean, they have, they have great... a solid. Yeah, but Singletary and, and, and he was good. He's good. He's a good running back. But they need somebody else there. I mean, Singletary is what a five seven five eight. You know, he's a little bruiser. Um, but uh, you know they, they need some some help for the run, in the running back position. They need some better receivers. I mean, J- John Brown, he's good. Um, but uh, he's he's just not. You know, he's fast. He's just not one of those tall, big receivers that you can rely on just to throw the ball down the field. Um, but it's it's pretty funny because I wasn't able to watch this game, Ben. I was just you know at work. Whenever I could get a signal, I would get some of your text messages come through, and so. Let me just read some of these right over here. Oh, Lord. Um, so let's see. So you wrote 10 nothing. Bill's actually looking good. Philly, Philly for the TD. <laughs> Terrible, settled for a field goal, but leading. Yeah, that nice. they should have scored a touchdown on that drive. 
Fucking Watson. Oh, well. Bill's tried. Bill's imploding. Leslie Frazier is a moron. Why is Frank Gore in this game at the end here? Jesus. Singletary is killing them. Bring in the guy my age. I don't know who that is. Oh, Frank Gore? Genius. Josh Allen takes a sack, pushing them out of field goal range. Holy God. He's awful. Just horrific. I think he might have a mental deficiency. That's... I don't know if it's that. Well, I, I, that it, maybe because he's not. He's it's not, not an insult. It's not an insult. I, it, it's a legitimate question as to whether he's quarterback, especially in those situations, to be taking sacks. You should know um, that in that situation, you, just, you don't take a sack that late in the game. And I, I was. Just, I mean, it's not an insult. It's not to make light of people <laughs> that have mental illness. It is literally a question as to whether or not he's competent to play the position he's playing. Yeah, emotionally and intellectually. Yeah, physically, yes. But you're right. I don't know if he's the smartest guy to have in that position. Also sacked in fourth down. Game over. Defense gives them one more chance. Josh Allen literally laterals with 90 seconds left. Oh, my God. You've got to see that play, folks. If you can't, I can't, it was like, a, I think it was in the fourth quarter on the drive. It was either the drive where they kicked the field goal or the drive before that. They're driving down the field. He had like a 20, cracks off a 20, 25-yard run down the field, and he just chucked the ball up in the air. Yeah. He just literally chucked yeah. the ball behind him. I, I, didn't, I didn't see that. Like, but. that's what I mean. Like, I think that something wrong with him. Like, his his teammate had to come up behind him and just bat the ball out of bounds because it would have been a fucking turnover. Yeah, there, there it is. But, he, <laughs> but how do you, as the quarterback running down the field, you're in field goal range and you're just like, okay, I'm about to get tackled. Why don't I just throw the ball over my shoulder and see what happens? Like, that's what he literally, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers is like, meh. Yeah, there's, that's the deficiency. That's the deficiency right there. I mean, you just have to know what to do in certain situations especially late in the game. It was mind-boggling. Like that. It almost was an interception. But I mean I think I think we both I mean the Bills uh were our adopted team this year. Um you know they're always the underdog. Um but you know I I think we both chose Houston to win this game. I, you know like you yeah. said Houston just has more talent. They have a better quarterback even without Fuller. I mean DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not sure how we did in this game cuz I didn't really watch it. He's one of the top oh, receivers. Oh, Hopkins was a stud in the second half. In in the, in the league. Um, so, I mean, it's not shocking that they won this game. It's just, it was close. I mean, it could have gone either way. Our adopted team lost, and you also lost but on your overtime. Bet. I mean, in overtime. Yeah. It's fourth down. Yeah. I, was it fourth down or third down? I think it was third down in overtime. And, he, and Watson breaks a tackle, throws the ball to, to Darren Fells, a tight end, and he just drops it for a first down. Just drops it. Mm-hmm. And the Bills have the ball. They get they get the ball back. All they have to do is drive down and kick a field goal. And even on that drive, they botched it at the end because they were just empty sets, threw the ball three times in a row. There's n- all the time in the world. The game can go on till today. It can <laughs> huh. go on all night. There's, they're going to play until someone wins the game, right? There's no time. There's, the clock doesn't matter. Yep. And instead, they're chucking the ball three times in a row. They're even even when they were in field goal range earlier in the game, and they they didn't even try to edge the ball closer. They're just throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, throwing did, it. Did you watch that? Did you watch at all? No. No. Yeah. No, Unfortunately. Yeah. It re- I was listening to Ben's text or reading Ben's text, so I knew exactly what was going on, sort of. But he threw uh, the ball forty six times. It's just in a game that's this close. Yeah. Where I mean, the defenses yeah, were dominating, it just makes no. Sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know their offensive coordinator, whose name escapes me as we sit here today, um, you know, allegedly knows what he's doing. It just seemed, you know, it, it was just it was just a really poorly planned game. I guess they were maybe afraid of Watson 
or something. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, Brian Dayball was the, is their offensive coordinator. He just 46 throws in the game, just close to yeah. 19 to 19 in regulation. And the Bills had a chance in, in overtime to win this game, and they should have won this game with their defense. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's too bad. It was close. It's, it's it was too a bad. close game. It was a close game. Unfortunately, the Bills lost. They did, but they didn't have to. But you, ha- I mean, and this is the. I mean, Franny and I have had this. Probably this is our longest running. Uh, I wouldn't say argument, maybe dispute. Uh, I am ready to just dismiss quarterbacks immediately. You are a little too it, just soon. Immediately. But Devlin Hodges, <laughs> let's go out and buy that jersey. He well, is the true. future it was it was of the sale. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but I, I mean, if you watch these games week to week to week to week, I mean, how many? T- I mean, you have the Ravens, the Ravens with uh, Lamar Jackson, uh-huh. the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson uh, on the NFC side, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady on the AFC side, uh, Drew Brees. There is no team. Ryan Tannehill, given his numbers this year, yeah, he's, one he's of the better good. quarterbacks. He's good, like, in ever the since he's come in, yeah, there's no the scrub quarterback. The scrub quarterback that played today is out. Josh yeah. Allen is out. The other scrub quarterback that played today, who's 42 years old because he's just old <laughs> uh, and he doesn't have any receivers, uh, yeah, well, is out. He's not. I mean, Tom Brady. Is and not, that's the next. This game. year was not Tom. It was not Tom Brady's year. That's the next. But there's, game. there aren't any Alex Smiths, Smiths, or those types of quarterbacks in the playoffs right. Now, after this, and there won't be after tomorrow. Uh, so you just got to make a decision. You can't just ride with Marcus Mariota or Josh Allen or Alex Smith or any of these guys year after year, and or Mitchell Trubisky hoping you. If you, I mean, that's why I'm begging the Steelers trade up. I mean, if Justin Herbert turns out to be a flop, he turns out to be a flop. But you need a quarterback in this league. The, the days of Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer winning Super Bowls is over. And Nick Foles. But and but Nick, but he <laughs> but he played like a stud. He did play. He played like a stud, but not this year. Uh, next up, though, anything to add to that, Ben? I'm just disappointed in the Bills. I can't. And tell. I feel bad I for can't. Bills Mafia. Sorry, out there, you deserve better. Yeah, well, they do. They definitely do. I mean, those those fans are really passionate fans. And uh, next up, Ben, a result that we're sort of happy about. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's it's well, not Sonya. Not Sonya was sort of rooting for uh, for Tom Brady. I wasn't rooting against. Tom Brady. I was. It's just that you win so much and so often that you get sick of it, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> that's what the Patriots have done for 20 years. You just want to see somebody else win. And so the Titans did win today. The Titans winning 20 to 13. It was an exciting game. Derrick Henry is one badass motherfucker. 34 carries. Not as bad as Kirk motherfucking cousins. Not as but he's pretty he's pretty fucking good. But thirty four <laughs> carries, one hundred and eighty two yards for a five point one yard per carry average and one huge touchdown from the goal line in this game. But Sonia, what do you think about the outcome? I've done enough talking, I think. Yeah, yeah, you've done a lot. You're parched. I think you need a drink. Uh, <laughs> I got the I got the parchment. That's, that's nothing <laughs> to say. I mean I, I, I was rooting for the Patriots, you know, I used to be a hater. Now I it's just Full on respect. No, I, I completely respect what they've yeah. done over the last and 20 years. I enjoy watching. I, don't know. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing the run that they've had to win six Phenomenal. Super Bowls and in just about 20 and years. And witness it, yes. Um, you know, Ben doesn't think that Brady is the GOAT. I know. Who is the GOAT in your Rivers, obviously. Oh, the great, the greatest <laughs> quarterback of all time? No, not of all time, but I mean. 
the best quarterback of all time. Roethlisberger. He's going to say Roethlisberger. It's definitely not Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. Or Bra- I I would say if I had pretty much up there. Is, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. I don't count championships as much because you know it's it's a function of the, the, the your general manager and who the who the You're team puts on the field. I would say probably Peyton Manning, John Elway, or Dan Marino. That's pretty good. Joe company. Montana. That, that's those are some very good quarterbacks. I'd put them on. I'd, I'd, I'd put them on any team, and they would be successful. Yeah. I, I don't think if you put Tom Brady on the on a, the the oh, I don't. on some of these garbage no, teams, but he played on a terrible team for a long time. Yeah, but I mean, what he's been able to accomplish consistently throughout his career, no matter his age, is very impressive. I don't and, disagree. And, and, and w- I mean, the cast of characters that he's had. I mean, it's not like the same guys that he goes out there with. It seems like every year, different receivers, different running backs. You know, I mean, the defense was—it's been solid, but uh, it's pretty—it's just impressive what they've been able to pull off the last twenty oh, years. Oh, for sure, and as a team, as a team. And, yes. and their their, their yeah. run is not over. I mean, you know, it, you know, stupid Tony Romo. What, stupid <laughs> Tony Romo. Oh, stupid Tony Romo. Is that a shot? <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I'll, take a shot. I'll, I'll take a, I'll a take cowboy. I'll take a half shot for right. that. He's a former cowboy. But, you know, he's saying the dynasty is over. The dynasty is not necessarily over. They lost this year. They'll be back again, re-energized, oh, yeah. and they'll be ready to go. I'm not worried about the Patriots next season. Oh, me neither. But, but yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, an interesting game. I, uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, whose line do you think this is? Eight for 15 for 72 yards. One. Touchdown counted, and subtract one interception. Tannehill finished with seventy-two yards. Derrick Henry one hundred and eighty-two yards That's, on the ground. He's man, mind-boggling. Uh, first girl with a receiving touchdown. The only TD that came through the air in this game. There's my half shot for right. stupid Tony Romo. <laughs> well, I mean, he's technically a cowboy. I, 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 I mean, just, I think he's terrible on CBS, man. I just think. I just think it just shows. It shows how emotional. Uh, you know, Friday is about the Cowboys because it, Tony Romo is widely thought of. I mean, now that Troy Aikman is actually studying uh, information before he goes on the air, Aikman's getting a lot better. But Romo is widely considered to be, you know, sort of in a class by himself in terms of. He's a nice guy. In terms of his ability to announce games and to do play by play analysis, he's, he's, he's widely considered to be the best right now. Yeah, well. <laughs> so uh, clearly, I mean, you have some emotional dislike for uh, Mr. Romo, even though he never really, you know, didn't really, didn't, he never accomplished, he never really accomplished anything. really anything. Uh, but but uh, Tom Brady with a pretty pedestrian game, twenty of thirty-seven for two hundred nine yards, and count it, zero touchdowns, and subtract one big interception. Uh, you know, a lot of interceptions. That just like in the Bills game, there were a lot of. Uh, Interceptions that that should have been interceptions that Josh Allen was lucky enough not to get, but in this game, uh, the game probably turned on a play early or late in the in the first half of that game when Tom Brady threw a tip pass into the hands of the defender. It would have been an easy pick six, but was dropped by the defender with nothing but daylight in front of them. Game could have been uh, a blowout, and it wouldn't have been as close at the end. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is. You know, it's definitely an interesting season for the New England Patriots to end it like this. I mean, losing to Miami was huge. You know, you you beat Miami, you have the bye. They lose to Miami. You know, they still had a home game. 
but they've been struggling sort of down the season towards the end of the season. Um, you know, if they had, you know, two weeks to prepare for their next opponent, I'm sure the outcome may have been a little bit different, um, you know, to allow maybe, you know, Brady to rest up and, and, you know, get a scheme, uh, together, but, you know, to play on Sunday and then, you know, have a game on Saturday, it just wasn't enough time for them. And this is the result. Yeah. I mean, you can't win every year. I mean, no, you can't, you can't I mean, win last year, year, every year, you know, next year, I, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with Franny. I think they'll be back yeah. next year with Bill Belichick and ready to play. And I think Brady will be back as well oh, yeah. with a new contract. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Tennessee, I mean, watch out for Tennessee. I mean, Tannehill had a down game this game, and, he still, and they still managed to win. That's a big, yeah. big, tough team. They've got a lot of very physical, tall, beefy players at almost every position on the field, and they are going to be a tough out. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, who's playing who next week? It's uh, oh, we'll talk about that when we get to the divisional games coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But Friday, what's next up? Anybody have anything to add about uh, Patriots? Nope. All right, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, NFC Wild Card. Or oh, no, sorry, shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone out there that listens to our podcast, we truly, truly appreciate it. We also have. Uh, a number of independent NFL podcasters out there that share our love for the game and there our love for sharing our opinions about the game and our insights. Uh, we don't do this for the money. We do this for the love of football, the love of each other, and the love, well, in this particular group of reviewing <laughs> bourbons, scotches, and beers and other things on the second half of the show. But please, please, please support all of our fellow independent podcasters out there. Uh, tonight we have a shout-out to the Loaded Box Podcast. They open a beer at the opening of every show, which I truly appreciate. This is a great show covering all things NFL. The podcast is released twice per week. Twice per week. That's impressive during the NFL season and once per week during the offseason. They discuss fantasy football against the spread odds in our, like we do in our betting corner and daily fantasy sports picks. Uh, they discuss all the news around the NFL, but in their own non-boring way that so many other football podcasts, podcasts do. Uh, if you like sports, beer, and an unfiltered good time, you will love this podcast. You can find them, look for a link at the show notes, and you can find them on Twitter at LoadedBox. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, now it's time for the NFC Wild Card. All right, we're going to talk about the NFC wildcard. We'll be right back. All right, so Sunday NFC wildcard. I'm just excited because we're going to talk about the Eagles and the Seahawks. But first game up, though, the Vikings and the Saints. That is... 10.05 10.05 in the morning over here, 105 on the East Coast. Ben, what do you think, Vikings or Saints? I'm going to go out on a big what? limb here. <laughs> Kirk motherfucking Cousins? I'm going to take the Saints, or yeah. the uh, Vikings in this game. Why? I think, well, given the Saints' track record in the playoffs, notwithstanding Frane's, um belief in the pass interference call that occurred last <laughs> uh. year... That's still bullshit. Just imagine uh, if it was one of our teams. That yeah, that that's I would still that's be pissed off. I actually think that the Saints have 
the potential to ex- be exposed in the secondary. I mean, they're they're they have a little bit of trouble in the secondary. I mean, I know they've got a pretty decent defense, but I think their secondary is a little bit exposed to Kirk Cousins and his ability to throw the ball down the field. Praising Kirk Cousins. Wow, I'm surprised. I think the key to this game is going to be keeping Kirk Cousins upright. I mean, he tends to take a ton of sacks. I mean, he's not the most mobile guy, and when the pressure comes, especially off the edge, he's unable to get out of the way. He's unable to make a play. I think that the weakness for the Saints is their secondary, and I think Kirk Cousins can expose that. And I think the Saints have a history of not performing particularly well in the playoffs. I mean, they have a great run during the regular season, but I think Cousins can expose their secondary and potentially win this game, even though I think they're favored by seven or eight points in this game. I think the Vikings can win this game outright. Franny, what do you think? I think the Saints, Ben, will win this game. I I, I think... Shocking! I mean, they're firing on all cylinders uh, right now. Um, you know, Kamara is rested. He hasn't played that much this year. He was injured earlier in the year. Latavius Murray took over, and he was running the ball as effectively as Kamara. So you have that two-headed monster of Latavius Murray and Kamara in the backfield. You have Michael Thomas, the best receiver in the league, the best receiver the past couple of seasons. And you have Drew Brees, seasoned quarterback. This guy, I mean, he has all the experience you need, and I mean... He's 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 elite level, um, one of the best, one of the best that I've, I've ever seen play the game. Uh, you know, I, I'm I hope that the Vikings win this game only because if the Eagles actually do win, I don't want to play the the Niners. I'd rather have Minnesota take on the Niners and the Eagles go to uh, the Packers and play them at Lambeau. But I do believe that the Saints will probably win this game. I think they will win this game. Handily, I think it's probably going to be really twenty-four to fourteen. Um, their defense is also good. I mean, I was mentioning their offense, but their defense is also very solid. Um, I just see them winning this game, but I hope that the Vikings win. I don't disagree, Sonia. What do you think? I say Saints all the way. Saints all the way. I think the Saints have Why? enough. I think the Saints are going to go to the Super Bowl. I think that it's going to be the Saints and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Saints and the Ravens. I think it's Saints and Chiefs. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think the Chiefs have a strong, I mean, especially the way they're playing down the stretch. But I mean, right now, I mean, Minnesota is ranked number seven in overall team defense. New Orleans sitting at lowly number eleven. I mean, I think that <laughs> yeah, is something for terrible. that is something for <laughs> Drew Brees to overcome um, in this game. I think that he's going to struggle a little bit more. I know that that, that Minnesota's. You know, with Xavier Rhodes not playing like Xavier Rhodes typically plays, that there is a weakness there on the Minnesota defense. But I, I do trust Zimmer to dial something up in this game that Drew Brees is not expecting to see. I mean, Sean Payton can probably overcome it. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but I think that defensively, Zimmer is going to dial something up that Drew Brees is not expecting. I mean, this is a little bit more to overcome for for Minnesota on the offensive side of the ball. New Orleans is ranked fourth in overall team offensive efficiency, and Minnesota is ranked number 10. But I think Kirk Cousins inside in a big game, not in the evening. This is the early game tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern time. I think that him with Thielen back, with uh, Delvin Cook is back, correct? I believe so, yeah. Madison Mm -hmm. is back. Uh, their second running back is back. Thielen is going to play. Diggs is going to play. 
Uh, so they are at full strength on offense going into this game tomorrow. And I, I, I think that the Minnesota Vikings can, can pull an upset. I hope they do. I hope they do. Only because. Kirk motherfucking <laughs> Cousins. Well, not, well I, 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 I think he's a better quarterback than a lot of other people think he is. I, I, I think he can pull it off. I want him to pull it off. I just think the Saints will win. But, Sonia, if the Eagles if the Eagles win the next game, mm-hmm. yeah. I want them to play the Packers instead. Okay, so hold on. So, so, <laughs> so we, we made all of our picks oh for boy, that Oh, boy, here one. we go. We made all of our picks for that. The next game, obviously, huge game. I'm so excited. Yeah. The Seahawks and the Eagles. I have not been able to hide my exci- excitement the entire week. No, yeah, I mean it's it's literally on your it's literally all over your face. Yeah, it's like a genuine uh, elation, happiness, just a, a warm sort of glowing, yeah. you know, atmosphere that just is just exuding off him. Yeah, and I never feel uh, every that time way. he talks about he's right, like right now he's I never, shaking his I ne- shoulders. I, I never feel like that he's way doing before an Eagles body. game. Uh-huh. Would you still be no, 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 I wouldn't. Okay. Because the Eagles don't match up the same way with the 49ers as they do with the Seahawks. They match up pretty well with the Seahawks. There's a decent chance that they could win. There's still, I mean, I, I believe that they will lose, but they have a decent chance to win. Right, right, right. But what you stated earlier is that you're more excited about the fact that you, that the Cowboys are out of the Oh, yeah, that's great. That's why you're excited. I'm also excited about that. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it it, it is an you know, interesting make matchup. the playoffs it and kick the Cowboys matchup. out. That's awesome. I mean, right now, Philadelphia is sitting at twelfth in overall team defense. Uh, and yeah, Seattle. Let me uh, actually. I'm gonna have to scroll down to find you guys because you're off the screen. Uh-huh. Maybe you're, they're number one. You're 18th <laughs> in overall uh, team defense. They don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. No, they're 26th in pass defense. Yeah, we're we're missing or rush defense. Sorry, Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, and it that would be a huge deal against you know the Niners, you know front. But against the Seahawks, I'm not as worried. The only thing I'm worried with the Seahawks is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a magician, but they are terrible yeah. against a run. And Singletary is healthy. Yeah, and Howard will be back as well. Yeah, exactly. And they are exactly downright and they, horrific against a run. And the Eagles are very good against the run. And the Seahawks don't really have much of a run game right now to speak of because we just don't know what to expect from Marshawn Lynch and from Turbin and from what's his name, uh, the other running back uh, that you guys have there. Oh, Travis Homer. Homer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the Eagles will definitely stuff the run, so we just have to focus on Russell Yeah, you guys Wilson. are surprised. I mean, you are fourth in the league against the run, 16th against the pass, mm-hmm. which is shocking. I mean, mm-hmm. so this this is going to be a game where Russell Wilson is going to have to score points. It sounds like to make up for some defensive, inef- the defensive inefficiency on the other side of the ball because, the, I mean, with Singletary and everybody healthy, with Greg Ward and... Boston Scott and everybody else playing as well as they are, and Zach Ertz probably will make an appearance in this game. Goddard has been oh, he's made some lights huge, out, huge playing down huge, the huge for this team down the stretch. <clears throat> it is going to be a question of whether or not the Seahawks can hold the the Eagles in check and not allow them to score more points than the Seahawks can score in the second half, mm-hmm. because they probably will not score any points in the first half 
as is their way. Yeah, and I actually watched um, the first game that the Eagles and the Seahawks played earlier this season. And, I mean, we basically shot ourselves in the foot. You know, four turnovers in that game. But it might have been five turnovers in that game. And it was still a close game. So if the Eagles can play a clean game, um, if they can get the same production out of these, you know, bench players and, 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 and practice squad guys, they have a pretty decent chance of winning. I still think that the Seahawks have more talent. Um, so I'm, I'm going into this game hoping for a win, expecting the Seahawks to actually pull it off. So I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I don't believe we will, but I'm just hoping, Sonia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Seahawks obviously have the advantage on the offensive side of the ball. They're ranked fourth to get fourth in pass in pass offense and sixth in rush offense. Yeah, whereas the whereas the the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked seventeenth in pass offense <laughs> and tenth in rush offense. It's 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 a, it's a pretty even matchup. The only person I'm worried about is Russell Wilson. That's yeah, it. and and I think you should be worried. I think the the issue. That could present itself in tomorrow's game is that because it's the playoffs, the referees are going to be less likely to call those ticky tack pass interference calls. And well, I they think they, they, they probably, I mean, they, they, they have a tendency to let players play a little bit more. And I think that plays into Seattle's advantage in terms of not getting pass interference calls against the, the Eagles that they might get during the regular season because they're a little bit handsy down there. Uh, but handsy. I think, but I think that plays into, into Seattle's advantage a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah, we'll see what happens, Sonia, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I, I, I believe that we are going to go home after tomorrow's game. Just like we did last year after we lost to the fucking... Ah, uh, see, you hate the Cowboys, Cowboys. too, Sonia. <laughs> but that's what I would do if I were Peterson. I would have those, I would have those, those safeties and those, and those corners out there playing really, really rough on the Seattle wide receivers. Metcalf, Lockett. Peterson I mean, taking chances. and main concern is containing... Russell Wilson. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the run too much, but Russell Wilson. Else but Russell. Yeah, yeah, that's what we have to focus on, and to win this game, the Eagles just need to play a clean football game, keep Russell contained. If you can get a couple of sacks, if you can get a turnover, you can win the game. Wouldn't it be ironic if Marshawn Lynch carries the ball twenty-five times and Travis Homer carries the ball fifteen times yeah. and Russell Wilson <laughs> throws the ball? 14 times and they win the game 21 to like 17. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close game and it could go either way. It could go either way, but for the Eagles, this was the best matchup for them in the first round of the playoffs. Beyond this, you know, playing the Packers, playing the Niners, playing the Saints, yeah, well, but, if they play any of those teams, so, I don't But you were believe. down on Minnesota. I mean, why you wouldn't have rather played Minnesota? I, mean, I know I just I mean, predicted they're going to beat New Orleans. I mean, Minnesota, you know. At, at home in Philly. Minnesota blew the Eagles out earlier this season. They did not look good against Minnesota. So if if Bronnett wins tomorrow and Minnesota wins tomorrow, mm-hmm. 49ers play Minnesota and you play Green Bay. Yeah. If I were to win... Mm-hmm. You'd be the number five seed. And Minnesota were to win... Then Minnesota is the six, so Minnesota would play the Niners. And I'd play... You'd play, the, you'd play A-A-Ron. Okay. So if I won and the Saints won... Oh no! I would play. Um, you would play the 49ers? Damn it! I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be fun to watch. That'd be that'd be fun oh, yeah. to watch the Seahawks and the Niners <laughs> once again business. because the first two games were so exciting. Yeah. It would be great for the all the fans. What, what's wrong? What are you pointing at? Oh, the game's now a pick 'em. 
Oh, it was mine. You guys were favored by a point and a half. As of we sit here today, it is zero. It's a pick'em Ooh, right now. It's a pick'em. It's a pick'em. You're listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> which really means that Seattle or that uh, Seattle's favored by three because you guys should have. Yeah, exactly. The home field advantage, but I mean, it's closer than it was earlier today. When I put the bet down, it was minus one and a half. I took the Seahawks mm-hmm. because I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, disappointed you oh for the last four weeks yeah well you win you win too many games close that's the problem when there's a spread you got to pay attention to that spread you can't just win the games by three points 10 and five 10 and five we were 10 and five no 10 and two we were on a roll and then all of a sudden we lost ram arizona arizona that was man the eagles lost to miami so i mean you know so it's just one of those things that happens, but um, I'm, I'm excited about tomorrow's game. Whatever happens, Sonia, one of our tag teams is moving forward yeah. to the divisional round. Yeah. And I think that the Seahawks have a better chance of progressing in the playoffs and potentially going to the Super Bowl more so than the Eagles. I think if the Eagles win this game, this is the only game they will win. <laughs> I have a theory because you guys, because uh, the, the Seahawks have beat you how many times in a row now? Four. I think I might have been more than, I mean, my, I, I think. In the last seventeen games, uh, the, the Seahawks I think are ten and seven. But these, the, the wry smile that I see on Frane's face <laughs> ever since this went on the schedule after last week, I think is is anticipatory of the Eagles winning this game. I do. I have a because no, the, the, the look on his face tells me that it's a, it's almost a shit eating grin in advance. No, but it's, this is. I mean, it's only because well, I'm admit, happy that they made the playoffs. That, right? I'm happy there's that they made the that. playoffs. And they're playing against the best opponent that they could possibly have in the playoffs because they match up so well against the Seahawks. But beyond that, beyond that, though, the Seahawks match up better with the other teams that they would potentially play against. Yeah, and I tried to convince Sonny of that on Sunday night. Like, I mean, if you if you win the game, yeah, you're going to be playing a home game. Yes, you're going to be playing a home game, but against a stronger opponent. Yeah, you're going to be playing. Was it the Niners at home? No, it'd be the the Minnesota or the, the Vikings, Vikings at, at home. home. Yeah, right. The Vikings at home. So you're playing technically against a team that's at full strength. Yeah, against a team that has a lot of injuries. Yeah, and you suck at home too. So, and then the Seahawks are used to playing outdoors. It's you know you don't have any advantage. You know playing inside of a dome, um, like you know Drew Brees. But uh, you know, it, I, I, it, like Ben said, it's it's a pick 'em. I expect the Eagles to lose. But I'm just excited that he they're in. He can't even in, say it with a straight face, though. And there's a he chance. Can't say it there's with a, a straight chance face. that they can win. I just love the physical inability for him to not smile. <laughs> like I know he's probably trying. He probably thinks he's not smiling. Like he's like, <laughs> I'm smiling. I'm smiling. But he, I'm smiling. But he's, but he's like, I've never seen him this happy about a about a uh, game. Because I've been so disappointed in the entire season, the way they've played this entire season, and, and the fact that they won the last four games and made it into the playoffs. I'm excited about that. And you kicked the Cowboys out, so I'm happy about that too. Yeah. All right, you guys want to talk about the upcoming divisional game? Yeah, let's, let's talk about those ben. next week. So, what is coming up on the slate next week? Well, we have the Titans and the Ravens, and the Texans and the Chiefs. So, first up, Titans Ravens. Who do you think, Ben? I think it, it's hard for anybody to beat the Ravens uh, in either in either league. Even playing the Saints at home mm-hmm. in the dome, I would probably take the Ravens in that game. Yeah. You know, with John Harbaugh, with that running game, with Ingram healthy and back, I just think it's going to be tough. I mean, with that defense is playing so well. Also, Wink Martindale has got that defense playing just lights out week after week after week. He's, he, I mean, he's got a different game plan 
for every team that seems to fit. Don, his name is Don, Don Martindale. Uh, but he, I mean, there's a reason that he's up for head coaching positions because he just does an amazing job scheming up defenses week to week. And the way that Lamar Jackson is playing, yeah, Tannehill, they caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah, they're a big team. Yeah, they've got Derek Henry, who's just an amazing, amazing running back this year. Uh, I mean, it'd be hard for me to pick against the Ravens. Franny, mm-hmm. what do you think? No, I think the Ravens should win this game. It's not going to be easy. I, I mean, I believe they'll probably win by 10. Ooh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I'd put them up there by 10, but I, 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 I mean, they're, they, they're going to win the they've, game. They've really impressed this year. Um, what Lamar Jackson has been able to accomplish is is amazing in his second season. Like you said, the yeah. defense is, is playing lights out as well. Um, I, I just don't think the Titans have the talent right now. I mean, they're, they're, next year they're going to be a, a very good football team too with Tannehill once they have him established as their starting quarterback and not starting just, you know, after seven weeks. I mean, if they had started him earlier in the season, you know, the record would be much better. Um, but I see the Ravens winning this one. Easily. I yeah, mean, I see the Ravens going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Ravens are over, a fourth and overall team. Defense, Tennessee sitting way down at 16. Uh, I think that does not bode well for, for tomorrow or for next week's game, I should say. Uh, in terms of overall team defense, Baltimore ranks – or offense, Baltimore ranks number one in the league. Tennessee is way down at number six. I mean, it's not way down, but, I mean, it's a big disparity in both of those categories. Sonia, what do you think? you think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win that game? Hmm? Yeah. All right. Sonia is <laughs> getting ready to check out. What's the next game? Uh, the next game we have is the Texans and the Chiefs. Also, right. also Chiefs. So both the teams that won today, good win today. Yep. But you'll probably lose next week. I'm choosing the Chiefs in this one. Um, you know, if the if the Ravens don't make the Super Bowl, like I believe they will, and if the Seahawks do not make the Super Bowl as well, if Andy Reid makes it to the Super Bowl, eventually, I'm sure we'll talk more about this next week. I'll be happy for Andy Reid to finally win one. But this game, the way the Texans played today. Not their best, despite, but but they are they are like hot and cold. I mean, you just don't know what to expect from the Texans. Yeah, but even if they play as as well as they can, I don't I don't think they have enough to overcome um, Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yes, Deshaun Watson, maybe a little less with the uh, with the over the shoulder muscle making uh, because the defense wasn't able to get to you. You played hot and cold all year. There's a reason you were playing today, and the reason you played today is because you were not good enough to get a bye and not play today. Uh, the offensive disparity. I just I'm not big into the histrionics when it's not something that was particularly you know you shouldn't have fought that hard to beat the Bills in the first place. Um, but the offensive disparity in this game I think is too stark. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I mean they're third in overall team offensive efficiency. They I mean with Tyree Kill and um, Nick, uh, McCole Hardman. And even Sammy Watkins and that running game, Williams and the rest of those guys they've got running the ball. The defense has played pretty well the last few weeks as well. But the mm-hmm. offensive, I think this game comes down to the huge disparity in the offensive. I mean, so many weapons. So many weapons. And Andy Reid, if he can just manage the game well or not have to, because he's got such a big lead in the fourth quarter that it doesn't matter what he does in terms of time management. I just think the offensive disparity is too great. Chiefs by a big chunk. All right, what's next up on the big board, Franny? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, was your betting corner. But let's do the shot because Sonia looks like she's getting sort of tired. Headaches coming on. You've had enough? Yeah. My headaches, yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll take the shot a little bit out of order. Yeah. Uh, just so Sonia can taste it because next up. Yeah, we have the. 
Well, yeah, yeah. We next the, up is the betting corner, then the shot of the week, then the yeah. brown, and the beer But the betting taste. corner is just going to be like you know, two games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so hold tight. We'll be right back with the shot of the week. And we are back with the shot and hopefully Sonya's voice. Yes. <laughs> because Sorry, but we had a little audio trouble. We realized that uh, a little bit late in the show that you probably only heard Sonya a little bit muffled. But Sonya, can we hear you now? Can you hear me now? Can we hear you now? It's funny because we can Both hear- men try to muffle the woman's Yeah, <laughs> we can hear you now. There was a little audio snafu earlier oh, in the show. We did this man. once I was before. so enlightening, too. <laughs> no, you, well, well, you, you were, son. I mean, I, yes, I wanted, you were. It'd be nice to hear her back and forth banter between the Eagles and the Seahawks, but oh. maybe we should talk about it again. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, this shot is in honor of tomorrow's Battle of the Birds, <laughs> and that's what this shot is is called the Battle of the Birds. It's a green shot. Baby. The rim on two of these shots has sort of that blue, I don't know, is that, is that would you say that's a Seahawks blue, Sonia? Maybe the Seahawks blue is a little bit darker. It's a little deeper, but that's than, okay. Than, than that. Um, but I try to match a little bit of that Seahawks highlighter green uh, with that uh, blue rim, and I have a little bit of the darker green rim on my shot, the eagle shot. I rimmed them both. <laughs> I rimmed both of these shots. <laughs> I have talent, uh. but <laughs> but cheers, guys! Cheers, uh, this do shot. it! Hey, to the game! Cheers, guys! Cheers to Woo. whoever wins! And so these shots right. were concocted with a little bit of melon liqueur, some strawberry vodka, and some banana liqueur. Apparently, we we are a fruity bunch. It is. It is. Uh, it is going right. to be a fruity shot. That's for sure. Let's do it. That is good, actually. Ah. Oh, my God, that's good. Woo. It tastes better sitting. Oh, that's really, really good. It's really good. I mean, it's sweet. That banana really It's very you. sweet. The banana it's, is... Yeah. I don't like banana in general. The banana it's really comes banana. through. But banana alcohol is good. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if banana tastes like that, I'd eat more bananas. Yes, exactly. That's full oh, of potassium. Oh, that's pota- really, really good. Full of potassium. Oh, wow. That's that right. is That is an exceptional mm. shot. Franny does these and things be every single week. An exceptional game. It will, it will be, be an tomorrow. interesting game tomorrow. Yeah, why don't you guys Sonya's talk about the game now that we can hear you? <laughs> uh, we can hear Sonya. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I think the Eagles are going to pull through, like I said earlier in the podcast, and no. when you couldn't hear me. But you say that every single no, week, no, 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 Sonya. No, no, I, I, I do, and you guys have. I feel that you guys are going to pull through. Just not against through. the Seahawks. No, 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 no. You will tomorrow because it's a game that matters. You guys pull through when when it counts. We don't. We're like, oh, what, an inch away from winning the game? Nah. Well, you you kind of did 
pull through in eleven games this year. So you guys oh. were eleven and five. The Eagles barely made it in at nine and seven. Yeah, well, well. and uh, it's gonna be an exciting game. I'm excited. I've been excited all week. I know you don't say. And, <laughs> and we can finally hear Sonya. So I'm excited about Yay. that too. Yeah. All right. All right. So technical difficulty solved as Sonia is leaving the podcast Absolutely. for tonight. Uh, Me and my headache, we're leaving tomorrow. I will either be crying or cheering. Uh, no, I don't think so, Sonia. If I win, I will drive over to your house. Uh, well, come over either way. <laughs> I mean, you know, come over and watch the game, you know. Uh, I, I have an early morning hike. Oh, a hike? A hike, yes, yes. Where are you going? Uh, over in Santa Clarita. We're going to go up to Vasquez. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so we're going to go hiking. It's nice weather for a hike. I mean, yes, absolutely. 70 degrees or so, so that should be pretty nice for so, a hike. So, yeah, I have to get there. But you'll be morning. back before the game. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not, in you fact. You know how I am. Yeah. <laughs> probably not, in fact. Uh, uh, even if I was back, I wouldn't be back. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I usually watch the game pacing outside. That's yeah, from right. From where we're phone. sitting right now. That's right. I'd yeah. be looking through the window, kind of peeking, yeah. and then calling out, did it happen yet? <laughs> Is it over? Oh, did I'm, we win? I'm a horrible fan. <laughs> I really am. But anyways. A passionate fan, Sonia. I thank you, too. I thank you all who are listening. Uh, go Hawks. Um, we we had a good run. Hopefully we can continue running. But if we don't, I gladly am, am, am passing the baton over to the Eagles. <laughs> Eagles representing. Representing the tag team. Well, you're One of our teams. Someone That's has true. to. One of That's our teams right. will. That's Someone right. has to. Yeah. That's right. You know, I'm tired of it. Okay. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. Good night, y'all. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is your short betting corner. Yes, yes, yes. We have a little bit of a short betting corner this week. Uh, not much to speak of. Last week we got shellacked. Uh, today, bet on the Buffalo Bills. That did not work out. That didn't pan out. Uh, and uh, bet on the under as well. Oh, they're saying goodbye. Good luck, Sonia. Good All luck. Right. So uh, tomorrow we have the Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. Plus eight. The Saints are favored by eight points at home. I am all over the Minnesota Vikings in this game. Take them. Either take them if you're too scared to take them on the money line. Take the Minnesota Vikings and the points. The over-under is 49 and a half. Uh, I think it'll probably go over. Uh, I think both of these teams are capable of scoring 25 points apiece in this game. Friday, thoughts? Good. I mean, I don't have too many thoughts on that, Ben. All I mean, right. I, I told you what my pick would be in that game. I know. And I said it'd be 24-14 by now. That is true. So 24-14. <laughs> Take the New Orleans Saints in that game. And the under if you listen to Friday. Uh next up, Seattle Seahawks at Philadelphia Eagles. No point spread in this game. It is a pick'em game. I think Franey, from what he said earlier, said that he would take the Eagles in or the Seahawks in this game. I've also take the Seahawks in this game, but I got them uh, minus one and a half. I might put a little bit of a wager down now that it's a pick 'em. The over under is forty five in this game. Franey, what do you think about uh, the over under being forty five points in this game? Seems uh, a little high. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes over. 45 you know i i I would probably take the over in this game all right i am taking the under in this game just because both of these teams have a hard time scoring points with their offenses at least lately i think it'll probably be 21 to 17 21 secondary for each team is not the greatest though that is true that is true so um, i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of a lot of uh deep passes in this game i hope that that is true (laughs) 
I <laughs> hope that that is true. But it's a very short betting corner this week. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the week this week. Should we get into it now, or do you have some information for We're us? We're just going to take a quick break, and we'll Let's get right a- back with the beverage of the week. All right, and uh, we are back with our beverage of the week, and Ben is still disappointed in the technical difficulties that we just had. Ben, it's okay. It happens. It's a podcast. This is not ESPN. It's not Fox Sports. It's not, you know, be in sports or whatever. We're a podcast. Mistakes will happen. We have no producer or director or editor or whatever. It's just us three. Mistakes will happen Shake it off. All right. It's shook off. Shake it off. All right. Shake it off. <laughs> Here we are. So what are we doing next, Ronnie? Uh Next up, Ben, is the beverage of the week. It is Buffalo Trace, Kentucky Straight Bourbon. And the reason I pulled this one off the shelf was because I've seen this bourbon quite often on Instagram and on Twitter. It seems to be very popular. It's 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 a well, it's from Buffalo Trace Distillery. It's their it's their they're basically their name brand. I mean, it is, it is their name on the bottle. Is the distiller's name on the bottle? We did try Eagle Rare, which oh, is that was also so good. Uh, that was so good. Yeah, a, a product that Buffalo Trace Distillery makes. But this is one that I've been meaning to try for quite a while because I do see it quite often. I just, for some reason, meander down the aisles of of uh, Total Wine and 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 grab. I, I do. I spend a lot of time there. Everybody knows me. It's it's. <laughs> It's not a good thing. It's definitely not a good thing. Um, but this is one that I've been meaning to try for a while only because I see other people enjoy it so much. And I'm sure you have information for us there. I do. This is Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Ancient buffalo carved paths through the wilderness that led American pioneers and explorers to new frontiers. One such trail led to the banks of the Kentucky River where Buffalo Trace Distillery has been making bourbon whiskey the same way for more than 200 200 years. Wow. Uh, In tribute to the mighty buffalo and the rugged, independent spirit of the pioneers who followed them, we created or they created the signature Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey is distilled, aged, and bottled at the most award-winning distillery in the world, which I did not know, as well. Uh, Made from the finest corn, rye, and barley malt, this whiskey ages in new oak barrels. New oak barrels for years in century old warehouses until the peak of maturity. The taste is rich and complex with hints of vanilla, toffee, candied fruit. Uh, The smooth finish lingers on the palate, and this will never change. Uh, So, look for a link in the show notes uh, to the Buffalo Trace website and information on where you can obtain this particular bourbon whiskey, or whiskey, uh, or bourbon whiskey, I should say. Uh, we do not receive a sponsorship from Buffalo Trace. This is simply for your tasting and reviewing pleasure. Uh, so Franny's got it knee deep or nose deep yeah. in the glass over there, and we'd like to take a little oh, bit. Of almost it. snorting it. I mean, it, it smells. It smells really good. I mean, it it's very. It has a sweet smell. Sweet. A little sweet, a little spice on the smell, but mostly yeah, honey I, or caramel. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely sweeter. Than other bourbons, at least the smell is at least. 
Ooh, this mm. smells, smells really, really good. good. Smells really good. Cheers, Ben. Cheers to you. The Let's finish give a shot. is long and lush from Wine Enthusiast Magazine. Oh, very smooth. Mm. Oh, that's very, very smooth. Won the 2016 double gold at the San yeah, Francisco I mean, Wine Spirits or World Spirits competition. Probably one of the smoothest bourbons. Oh, it's really smooth. It's not, you know, complex. I mean, it kind of goes in and down with a little bit of burn, a little bit of spice, little spice at, at the, the end. end but it burn. has that nice little bit of. What'd you say? It was it's like it has a nice sweetness to it. It has that vanilla, honey, ninety caramel. Uh, it is. Uh, I th- let me take a look here. It is uh, ninety proof, ninety proof, um, and it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't taste bite like you, a, you know, like like something that would be ninety proof. Um, I taste the vanilla. Is, I, I see. I a now. Little, I mean, the sweetness is. I mean, it's. I mean, it's extraordinarily smooth. It's it's it is it is really smooth. Now now I understand why you know so many folks post this on their Instagram, um, and it's out there in social media because it is. Wow, it, it is extremely smooth. Um, it lacks a, complexity. Doesn't have a lot of complexity, but it. The richness but, of the yeah. flavor almost—they just—you can it, tell what they are right away. Necessary, but it's enjoyable. You know, I mean, you, you you don't have to think about it too much. It's it goes in, you get that vanilla, caramel sweetness to it, but it's very a little rich. bit of woodiness. It's very rich. A little bit of spice, a little bit of um, a little bit of woodiness to it too. And the oh color God, is nice. So I mean, rich. the color, it's a nice, it's a dark sort of copper color to it. It is, it is, this is, this is, I mean, and for the price, I mean, you just consider the price of this, which is, you know, 25, 30 bucks, somewhere around there. It is a very good bourbon for that price. Yeah. The amber hue on this particular bourbon is mm-hmm. really nice. I just, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, we've had bourbons before that were not complex, but also didn't wow us at yeah. all. Yeah. This one's complex, rich. Yeah, I can't remember. There was one sweet, a few weeks ago. I spicy. can't remember what it was. We didn't really like it too much. Nothing special about it. But this is smooth, easy to drink, and very, yeah, very, very enjoyable. This is something you could just sit back, relax, and sip on for a long time because it it is very easy to drink. Very easy to drink. I it's mean, for me all, to say that that's something. It's got all the right flavors there, not, you know. It's not and a, it, and it doesn't bite you at the back of the throat, you know, it's not harsh at all. And uh, for the price, this is this is very impressive for the price. What's the price point on this? About 25, 30, somewhere, really? somewhere around there. Yeah, so it's it's not it's you know, it, it's it's um not an expensive offering, that's for sure. Wow, I can definitely see why this shows up on so many Facebook pages, Instagram yeah. posts, and, and this. I mean, it, award com- competitions. This compared is to the Eagle Rare. I mean, the Eagle Rare we we both enjoyed. It's got more bite. I believe the Eagle, I believe the Eagle Rare is is from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, this, this is has... this is better. This is better. I do like this. I mean, it's just more. It's just smoother, more drinkable. It goes down easier, and it's just. Not complex, but you enjoy the flavors that are coming through. Yeah, it's a little cold out here. It's probably about 46, 47 degrees. And and the warm, I mean, it has a warmness on the back of my throat, uh, you know, 
30 seconds after I took my last sip that isn't overwhelming it isn't problematic like the, it isn't it isn't harsh at all it's just warm sweetness with that little bit of spice you know that's really nice this is this is good this is really good I mean that is for 25 30 bucks yeah somewhere on there I, I mean, mean if, I you're, if you're looking to buy bourbon it was a couple weeks ago that I got but I think it was somewhere around there but I'm not sure you could find a better bourbon for maybe you could. 25 dollars maybe we just haven't tried it yet we probably <laughs> haven't but this is this is for but this for, is good for what this is, and, and it's a beautiful bottle as well. You know, and to put their name on the bottle from this dealer—that's a good product right there. Yeah. It's good, and, and like Ben says all the time, we're not sponsored, you know, by Buffalo Trace or by anything else we've tried on the show. You know, we just go out, purchase these, try them on the show, and give our honest opinion. And honestly, this is yeah, that's and a we'll good tell product. you when we don't like it, yeah, or when you know, I mean, like Friday mentioned, there was one a few weeks ago. I can't remember the name of yeah, it, I but remember. we just—it wasn't, you know. It, it just really, didn't wow us, and I think it was in a higher price point than this one. Mm-hmm. I, th- I believe so, and it just wasn't nothing spectacular. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week. We have an organic Pilsner. Ooh, we have an organic Pilsner. All right, hold tight, everybody. We're going to pour a couple glasses of that, and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week. It is the Hub Pilsner, an organic Pilsner. And Ben, were you able to find any information on this? I was. This is the Hub Organic Hub Pilsner. It's a West Coast Pilsner. And their description of this particular beer is, our Northwest style Pilsner is all malt all the time. Spicy and herbal notes from organic Perlet hops balance the delicate honey flavor from organic two-row and light caramel malts. This golden lugger is dry and refreshing with surprisingly depth, a surprising depth of character. One review of this particular beer is the Hub Organic Pilsner possesses the ability to capture a wide audience. Sure, it's not the most complex summer beer on the market, but it has charisma. Lemongrass on the nose pairs well with the bright, polished, malty base. A hint of tart hops accentuates the light body to usher in a graceful graceful finish. Get out of idle with this beautifully crafted summer organic pilsner. Hmm. Franny says, I'm just, hmm. I'm just smelling it right now. It, when you smell it, it's like like a potato chip. Really, <laughs> it's like it's like a a potato chip that doesn't have any salt on it. It is malty. It I'm, definitely smells malty. I don't smell lemongrass, but I could be wrong. Cheers, Ben. All right, let's give this give it a shot. Wonderful beer, a taste. Not sure what happened to the hop. I mean, it's it's weedy. It's dry. Almost tastes like a hef. Exactly. It's it's doesn't really taste like a pills. I mean, I don't I don't taste the hop at all. There's there's no hoppiness to it. It's a little. It's light. Uh, 
There's no. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's 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 the it's light in color. It's probably you know a three or a four in terms of the color. Yeah, it's a, it's cloudy, slightly cloudy. Oh, we didn't rate the Buffalo Trace one to ten. Forgot oh, bu- about that. Mm, the Buffalo Trace for the price point and the flavor, I would say it's an eight. I agree. Yeah, I would put it right up there. Sorry. Yeah, but <laughs> audience. <laughs> back to the beer, though. It's it's. I mean, it, there's not much flavor there. I mean, it is it is a little dry. It's summery. It's easy to drink. It's light. I just taste. I mean, it tastes weedy. I don't really taste the hops. Really, um, this is actually for your all day drinking sesh. I I think so. I think it's, <laughs> as it's opposed more, to the one from last week. more for that. Um, Hmm. Not, nothing special. Nothing spectacular. This. Uh, yeah. I don't really. I mean, see I could. It. I mean, I. I, I think I, I might surprise you with my review of it, or my my number. So, what would you rate this on a scale of one to ten on our beer tasting scale, given price and the type of beer and what they claim to be hmm. producing? I mean, maybe they do have other offerings that are better, but for this one in particular, the Organic Hub Pilsner, I would say this is probably a four out of ten. Wow! Yeah, really? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing there. It's like that's it, really low. It goes down. It has, I don't know, it has a little bit of like a body to it. You know, it's, it has a, that sort of, you know, thickness, but. I expect from a pilsner. I expect something a little bit different, a, a bit of a crispness to it. Yeah, this is sort of dry, leaves a little bit of an aftertaste, but not much taste to speak of. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to taste things there, but I don't. I mean, I don't taste the wheat, so I'm, I'm actually yeah. happy about that. I don't. I just, I'm not a big wheat connoisseur. Hmm. I, just, I mean, it goes away. I mean, the finish is extraordinarily short. Has a little bit of bitterness. Mm-hmm. On the palate. Not much. A little bit at the end. Um, for what it claims to be, I'd pr- for what it claims to be. But what it is, not what it claims. Uh, a summer drinking Pilsner, I warm w- weather beer, I'd probably... I probably wouldn't drink this in the summer, though. I'd probably give it a six. Yeah. I think it's a little yeah. bit... I, I tend to like it a little bit more, but, but for what it is. <laughs> I guess I'm not expecting... Much more. I mean, it's less weedy than I expected, less hoppy than I expected. Yeah, I would. I would like just a little more hop, a little bit. Well, you could drink this all day easy. Yeah, I mean, what's the alcohol content? Is what five? Maybe five. Uh, Does it even say? I'm not even sure. No. Five point one percent. Five point one. Yeah, uh, that's that. That seems just about right. It's, it's not very really strong. low. It's by today's standards. Not a huge fan of it. <laughs> All right. Friday comes in at a number four. I come in at a number six on this summer Pilsner. Maybe because it's so cold outside right now, you know, but um, yeah, not 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 something that I definitely, I wouldn't be picking this up at the store. That's for sure. Friday has to go stand next you know, to the I, fire, I, I, get really hot, I think and then take these, a drink of this. I'm like, compare it to some of the El Segundo ones that we've tried. Oh, those, those are really good. were excellent. Obviously, different styles of beer. Oh, the Citra was so good. But I just I just want a little bit more of the hoppiness. These just have there's not much hop. 
You oh, get no Friday's flavor. turned into a rye drinking, <laughs> a hoppy beer liking individual. Uh, over the last year, I lay scotch podcast. drinking. Individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not something that, and I never drank scotch or bourbon before this podcast. And Franny probably didn't drink as many hoppy sort of uh, bitter types of beers before the podcast, unless I'm wrong. I'm not as hoppy as some of those, but yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, this yeah. one, it's lacking. It's lacking in flavor. That's too bad. It's yeah. too bad. But yeah. it's a, it's an okay offering. I don't know what the yeah. price point is for. I know she had a six pack instead of a yeah a individual beers yeah. or a, yeah. or, a, or a four pack. Yeah. So it yeah this one this one was uh, for a six pack. It was you know ten ninety nine. So it's not something I would you know go back and and grab again. Oh yeah, you don't want to drink that all day at ten ninety nine. No, no. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. Here's our last thing on the big board. It's a little bit of housekeeping to finish up today. A little housekeeping, and we're going to end the show on Wild Card Weekend. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening to our show. We are humbled that you like our show and encourage you to share our website, thirstygold.buzzbrow.com, with your friends, relatives, neighbors, anyone you think would also like the show. You can all listen and subscribe for free by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, CastBox. CastBox. Google Podcast, Overcast, Stitch, Overcast, Stitcher, or just about any other podcatcher out there. Please leave us a review if you would be so kind. A five-star review. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like to leave feedback or ask a question to be answered on the show, you can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. Or you can call us directly at 818-350-2680 and be our inaugural caller. Uh, please be aware we may play your voicemail on the show. Please also follow us on Franny's amazing photography <laughs> Instagram account at Thirstand and on my very mediocre Twitter account at oh, Gold please. Thirst. So humble, Ben. All right, Franny. Wild Card Weekend is in the books. Almost wow. one almost, more day. Almost one more day. A couple more matchups to go. Eagles, Seahawks. I'm excited about that game. We'll see what happens. We'll talk more about that next week. Yeah, so next week's going to be one sad tag team host <laughs> and one happy tag team host. But Eagles going against the Seahawks. Each of our individual, each of their individual favorite teams going at it tomorrow in a battle of the birds. All right, Franny. Anything to add before we call it a night? Nope, nothing for me, man. Thank all you right. to all of our listeners. See you next week.